Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines, classic consoles and computers, PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, PC and Oculus Rift, with regular tournaments and competitions. Open Friday, Saturday and Sunday, Bury Manchester. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Hello, we are Victor Marland and Sean Holly, and this is the Tempence Arcade Podcast. This podcast is us two talking about arcade video games, and we are part of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Visit either of those sites for more excellent podcasts with like-minded themes. Warning, a mega podcast is approaching fast. That's really good, that, mate. I was playing Darius earlier. Oh, we've got some news on Darius later on, haven't we? Grr, big fishes! <laughs> yes. So what have you been up to since the last podcast, Mr. Marlon? Lordy, lord, lordy, lordness. Lordness. Lots of things. One of the things, you know I'm getting a bit excited now. I might, I know you've got to edit this podcast this time because I'm going away next week. Yeah. I'm getting very excited. So I might be a li- slightly giddy on this podcast. Hmm. So I'm going away to it. I've been talking to Chris Cruz from the Sky Cursor team. Yeah. We are meeting up in Chicago on the 18th, which is the first full day I'm there. And we're having a... Whole day of arcading. Oh, that sounds good. He's coming. He's about three and a half hours away. He's driving in special because he's gorgeous. Gorgeous, that man. (laughs) And he's going to take me around. I think his mate's coming with him as well. And he's going to take me around to all the different arcades. And then we're meeting up later on with WAF to have pizza because pizza in Chicago is massive. It's about that thick. And then we're going to another arcade in the evening. So I think I'm not sure what order we're doing. We're doing a Galloping Ghost, Mm. which is biggest arcade in the universe. Yeah, it is, isn't it? We're doing uh, Underground Retrocade, which we didn't think we'd get to, because um, I wouldn't be able to get there on my own, because it's quite a way out, but Chris has got his lovely car, mm-hmm. which has got cruise control. Get it? Chris oh, cruise Are you going to meet Scott Lambert? Yes, hopefully. Oh, excellent. And I'm going to get on to him and see if he'll open a little bit earlier at the Underground Retrocade, because they're not open until five on a Friday, but we need to get there early and get back for about seven or so for pizza. Yeah. And then we're off to um, Logan Hardware, which is now called Logan Arcade. Because Logan Hardware, if you look on the website, which is provided in our, our show notes, it used to be a record shop called Logan Hardware. And oh, in the oh. back, they had a bunch of games, but the games sort of took over. So they've moved the record shop to another premises, and now it's just a barcade. And uh, Chris was Excellent. there, I think, last Saturday, and they were promoting something to do with Sky Cursor, I think. And he said he'd had one of the best nights he's ever had there. So I'm oh, really looking forward to all these arcades. I hopefully meet all the, the, the owners as well. That'd be really nice. Also, I made some uh, little sort of front panels for the Sky Cursor guys for their airframe hardware. Only some prototypes. I think they're going to get them laser cut uh, in the future out of aluminium. And they look really nice. So I shall be providing those when I go over there and handing them to Chris. Also, I've had some thoughts on, you know what you said about me liking maze games? And I was quite astonished by it because I never thought of it (laughs) like that. But I do like some maze games. They're pretty good. There's some more maze games I thought of I like as well on different formats. Higamaru, Pirate Ship Higamaru. We did that one mm-hmm. early. That's a maze game. Pengo, that's another maze game. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, it's a hard game. Don't Pull, which is very similar to Higamaru. You know the one very on good. Three Wonders? Mm-hmm. That's a maze game. And also a really cool one on, on the Famicom called Demon World. Ah. It's like a scrolling one. It's really good. It would have made an excellent arcade game. I think it's one that was designed by Shigeru Miyamoto. 
Ooh. It's an early Famicom one. It's a really good little game as well. It sort of reminds me of Uncle Pooh, where the maze moves with you and it tries to to trap you. But it's like right. a, it, it's sort of like themed on monsters, and you've got to get crosses and stuff. You know that sort of gear. Mm. It's a good little game. I've also been on to the Open Apple podcast because mm. I'm I'm a little bit interested in Apple Twos. Because right. our American friends and all of the podcasts and all that lot, they love Apple Twos. That they were like more popular or as popular. I better say this in case our Commodore and Atari friends get onto us as the Atari eight hundreds and the Commodore sixty four. They're all sort of similar spec computers around that time. And yeah. the Apple Two had a few iterations of it: Apple Two, Two C, Two E. And I I got onto Apple Open Apple saying, oh, if I was to get an open uh, an Apple Two. Which would be the best one for me to get to play games? That's all I want to do on it. I don't want to muck around with, with floppy disks because they were the old five and a quarter inch floppies and all that stuff. Yeah. I just want to get one and play games on it. And Quinn Dunkey kindly got back onto me, one of the hosts, and she sort of gave me a decent answer. And I think they're going to cover it on the Open Apple podcast, which would be quite interesting, especially for oh, noobs like me. And, and finding an Apple II in the UK is quite expensive, but in America, they're, they're cheap as chips. So mm. I might get one when I'm over there, you know. I might have a look out for one in a second-hand shop or whatever, see if anyone's got one. Get it in your suitcase. Get me suitcase. Bang it in the case. <laughs> yeah, but the Apple Two C is a really sleek little thing. It looks quite sexy if you ah. find computers sexy. And I, I do. do. I do. I do as well. Actually. Yes. I love, I love I form factors. I like yeah. a nice form factor. Get your form factors out. <laughs> Commodore 64C was a sexy form That's factor. That's the one I've got. That's yeah. the one I've got. The old Bridbin was sort of a bit chunky and you could like, wedge doors open with it. Yeah. But the 64C yeah. was more sort of Amiga styling, wasn't it? Yeah. It's quite nice. <laughs> and I, I like the 800XL, the Tire 800XL as well. It was a nice, nice uh, mm. form factor. And I love the Spectrum with its rubberiness. Yeah, even that's nice. Even the Spectrum's nice. But and then again, I got one with the better keyboards later on, which is not brilliant, but they sort of look a little bit nice, a little bit thicker. But the little mm. skinny Spectrum is so sleek and small, and I like small stuff. Back mm. in those days, everything was made to be massive and big, so it looked important, but the Spectrum was just minimal, I think. Yeah, like the American NES. Yeah, like, they got the, was it the dog bone they called it? Uh, no, is, was it the European NES then? No, it was the American one, wasn't it? The, it, the massive thing that was like 90% air when you opened it up. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them were like that, actually. Like a suitcase. I think they made it to look like a VCR recorder, didn't they, at the time? They're really wise. I suppose everyone wanted that back then, but nowadays everyone wants things skinny and small, don't they? Yeah. Except us old duffers. <laughs> also, last Sunday, Phil Murray came to visit me. He's another collector on UK VAC. He's got loads of really cool old machines, some quite good ones, and he's good with the old electronics as well. Yeah. Uh, he really liked Death Race. I think he wanted to play Death Race, and he really enjoyed it. It seems everyone, that's quite a universal thought, everyone who plays Death Race really likes it. Yeah, I did. Maybe it's because you can't really find it many places, and you can't emulate mm. it as well. I think you can get it on the the Odyssey 2, can't you, on the Philips video pack. There's been a homebrew version. Yes. And I've got a feeling someone's doing it on Vectrex as well, you know. Death Chase, Death is it? Death Chase, they call it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I like the sound of that. He liked the Cosmic Brothers, Cosmic Allen and Cosmic... Cosmic uh, Jeff. Cosmic Jeff. Yeah. He liked those. He'd never seen them before. He thought they were quite good. Also, I fitted on the Death Race, I fitted the Smoke Plexi um, just above the, the tube, and it completely hides the scratches on it. It looks really good. Mm. I was really, really pleased with that. I thought you could still see some scratches right through it, but you cannot at all. It's brilliant. So it's got like a blue tinge, has it? No, is no, that... I used the dark plexi, sort of like oh, a yeah. smoked colour. Yeah. Like your mum's cups from the 77. <laughs> yeah, still got them. Yeah. 
He also gravitated towards my asteroids as well. I think he's I think he's got an asteroids himself, but he hasn't played it for a while. Mm. He likes the older game. I think about eighty four is about his cut off, so he's really old school. Yeah. He had quite a few black and whites because he sold me my um, jet my fighter. jet fighter. Yeah, yeah. He also spent some time with Dig Dug. I think he likes a bit of Dig Dug, and I revealed mm. some of my play tactics for it. My sneaky play tactics. There's a lot to that game. Yeah, yeah, there is when you get into it. I also showed him my Space Fever, which has got Space Launcher in it at the moment. Oh, we'll talk about that in a bit. And he was quite impressed with how bright the monitor was on it, because it's, um, it's an old Sanio monitor in there, original, but it's a really good condition one. It's, but, and when you play, it's just on a black screen with the really bright colours on it. He was quite yeah. impressed how, how bright the colours were on it. Even when you put the lid down, it's got a little smoked plexi on it as well. Guess what else he brought with him? Go on. Jaffa cakes and shortbread bite thingy things. Them Jaffa cake biscuits. Yeah, but I had the upper hand. I said, oh, I like those, but I'll raise you them with my passion fruit tart. <laughs> Your I got, tart. I got, I got a waft to make some passion fruit tarts. Oh, God, they were good. With little meringue bits on top. Ooh. What do passion fruits look like? Uh, heart-shaped things, sexy things. I don't know. I can't remember. A little, little things, a little, a little um, like plums. Oh, I didn't. Honestly, didn't know. Don't know. Yep. So that was good. We had biscuits and tea and an arcade. It was awesome. Mm, sounds like a very good afternoon. He bought me a load of stuff as well. We'll get onto that in the old pickups. I've also been playing a, quite a bit of 1942 on that cab. I've not been fixing the cab. I've been playing flipping 1942 on it. Well done. I got two hundred seventy thousand. That's my best so far out of oh, that's all, good. all plays ever. Because my best before that was at um, Arcadia on the Isle of Wight. I got 250,000 on their machine there. Uh, and my, my poor old PCB is getting poorlier. The sounds keep going up and back down again and off and on and uh-oh. Uh. <laughs> it's exactly the same as my Volga, so I have to sort that out somehow. What have you been up to, bloke? Well, I've been to the Mighty, Mighty, Mighty Arcade Club. As they, there's more Mighties in that title. I think. I think there's another Mighty and there's four Mighties. Four Mighties. I've been playing. I've been trying to play different games this time. Instead of going to the normal yeah, well done. five or six games, I've tried Shinobi, you know, and that is tough as nails. It's, it's like a really good version of Rolling Thunder, or Rolling Thunder is a really bad version of Shinobi. So I, I like Shinobi. They've got Rolling Thunder in there. That's, that's one of the new additions. Did you push it over and set fire to it? It's quite actually, a blighter. It's a it's a game that no. with a few tweaks no. it would be brilliant. No, I I really like the music on it, and I quite like the animation. Yeah, but I don't like the way you get stuck. And I don't know. It's just something about the game I don't like. We did it ages ago, and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. No, sir, don't like it. I think I beat you and Alex on that one. Shut up, man. Shut In up. your face. Chow, 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 chow. Also. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> I have rekindled my love for Volga since buying that PCB at Revival. Oh. I haven't been off. Oh. I've, been, I've been playing it so much. When you buy your first PCB, you never go back. I've still got my very first PCB. I got a, I got a Tetris PCB original for free off an yeah. arcade op friend of mine who I sort of befriended. And I've still got it. I'll never get rid of it. It's my first one. I have actually got on it. I beat our scores when we played it a few months back. Ooh, I've got 240,000 on it now. What was our scores before? I think you, you got 209 or something, and I got 206. You beat me. Something like that. Hey, it's a win. Every win's a win. And I think Mr. Tronad's got about 220 and beat both of us. But no, I've got two, 240. So That's good. I reckon I can beat that. And guess who's on... Eurocade. Is it Yorkade? The A U R K. Orcade, I think it's pronounced. Orcade. Mm-hmm. 
Martin Bedard has got 470-odd thousand on it, who's the world record holder on 1942. I think he's got on quite a few games, actually. Yeah, and the Twin Galaxies site has it as 700,000, the world record. So it's not it's not impossible, I don't think, to get that. I've got a little thing to talk about, uh, world, world records and Twin Galaxies later on. We'll get onto that later on. Mm. And also, non-arcading, I've been to my niece's second birthday party in my hometown of Wellingborough. North what cabs Ar- has she got in the garage? She ain't got anything. What she's got oh. is, a, is a darkness CD. Is that what she got for her birthday? She runs... We had like the little party at the Wacky Warehouse type place. We went wacky back Warehouse. To, wacky Sounds Warehouse. Awesome. We went back to my brother's house and she runs into the house, goes to his CD rack, grabs the darkness CD... <laughs> Yeah, and and sings and dances to it. Gives it to me, brother. He puts it in the CD, and she. Oh, it's very funny. She's so cute. Yeah, but a two-year-old liking the darkness. That's awesome. I know. Excellent. And I met up with some three of my old savanners, seven friends as well. So it was a great weekend. That that was last weekend. Brilliant. So what else have you been doing, fella? There's a big picture of a Vectrex controller on our show notes. Yes, that's the sexy controller Sarge and I have been making. He's already made his bit. He's done the the, uh, the PCB bits for it ages ago. I've just been making, perfecting the box, the top lid, and the joystick parts for it. And I've got it together now. And hopefully I'm going to wire it up this weekend and test the damn thing. Mm. And I think that particular one is going to a friend in America. Ah, uh, but we don't know yet because we're still sort of prototyping. It's been a little while before we actually get them off. Everyone keeps saying, "Take my money, take my money. I want twenty of them." And I'm saying, yeah. "There's only eleven being made in total." Seriously, you're only making eleven? Yes, it's a it's a labour of love, not a business. For goodness' sake, mm. yeah, we're just doing them for, sort of for fun. Um, I'm not even sure how much we're going to charge them yet. We haven't even priced them up because there's quite a lot of work in them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sarge did a lot of research work, and he sent stuff off to China to get PCB made, and he designed all the PCBs and wired them up. And I've been making the boxes and the top lids and the joystick and making sure it all fits together, and there's lots of different ops for it. I'm actually going to write it all up, I think, of how it's done, because I don't think... Well, people who are non-engineers obviously won't know how it's made and how many ops mm. and different steps and chopping up bits and buying bits and you know all this sort of stuff. And I've got to sort of fit it around work as well. So it's quite a... A lot of work to do, it, but it is a labour of love, and I love doing it, and it looks awesome. We'll put a picture on the show notes, so everyone should have a look at it, and it's, it's looking really nice. I'm quite proud of it. It does look good. You and Sarge are a good team, you know. We're a team! Very good team, as we'll get on to Pinterest. later on with my, with my joystick. You and Sarge are a Ooh, great yes. team. Oh, nothing. When I was looking on earlier to get some samples for the, you know, when we do the in-between segments, I found a few games I've not seen before, and there's one called Space Trek by Sega. Have you ever seen that one? Space what? Space Trek! Track? Trek, no. as in Star Trek. Oh, uh, no. Uh, unfortunately, it's got no sounds, because they must have missed the samples or something, but it's it's very similar styling, the graphics, to Pulsar. So I liked it immediately. I love those little graphics. But it's a funny little sort of space game. It's sort of like a space invader, but you're free to move around. Have a look. We should put it on our list. Weird. And also, one called Maze Invaders, which I think was an old Atari prototype, maybe? Mm-hmm. That's a really good-looking game. We might have to do it. put them on this for us, will you? Yes. Make it so. Yes, certainly will. Right, that concludes what we've been up to for the last couple of weeks. Yep. And now we shall look at arcade news from around the world and areas that may be local to our vicinity. Or maybe not. No. Three, two, one, fire. Go on, then, tell me. Right, first one. Oh, I found this one, didn't I? Yeah. Nolan Bushnell's son... Or sons, actually. Oh. 
are making a arcade machine that fits to a wall called the Polycade, and it's on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. It's already been funded. It's past its target. Oh, has it? Well done. And it's kind of a very slim arcade machine with an LCD in it. Oh, dear. It comes with 90 games. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose they're all licensed and stuff, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, I think so. So you put Must this in be. bars and things like that, and it'll be all legit. Kosher. It looks quite, it's quite a nice sort of form factor, but it's not for you. It's not, it's not for us old people. schools, but um, yeah. it is quite sleek and slender, and it would look nice on a, on a trendy bar, wouldn't it? Mm. A trendy bar wall, It's actually powered by a Raspberry Pi 2. Oh, okay. In the back. Well, we knew that was coming, didn't we? Mm. Those raspberries. And the price, I think the ones that you can get, there's a couple that went a bit cheaper to early backers, but the price is about £1,000, so it's quite expensive. I it? suppose, though, if that was for a business, that isn't expensive. And I take mm. it, 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 does it accept coins? No, I don't think, it doesn't look like it does, no. Oh, yeah, but I suppose for a, a novelty in a bar, that's not, that's an adornment, isn't it? I mean, a load of tables and chairs for a, a brand new, for a bar would be more than that, I would have thought. Mm. So, yeah. you know, for a business, I don't think, home, well, unless you're sort of multi-rich footballer or something, you're not going to have one in your home. But yeah, mm. it looks really nice. I think it's got quite, quite sexy. <laughs> yeah. Also, Taito are back flying the flag for the modern shoot-em-up. Oh, good on them. The shoot-em-up is not dead, as as Taito and Cave are proving. Yeah. They're, they're re- oh, actually, it's out now as we speak. Ooh. Darius Burst, Chronicle Saviors. So this is a, a follow-up to... Darius Burst, the, the big four-player machine. Another Chronicle, yeah, and it's out on PS4, PS Vita, and Windows. Is it an arcade machine, though? Is it just on the consoles? It's just consoles. Ooh. I bet you could fit that into one of the machines, though, if you wanted to. I bet you. Yeah, it's got the, the super stylish, fishy graphics and the great music. Yeah. So, and, and it's four players as well. Mm. A four-player shooter, horizontal, would be a lot of fun. On those massive screens as well, if you're at home, on your big you know, 50-inch TV or whatever, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. I like the sound mm-hmm. of that. Also, Cave are, Cave are really sort of busy at the moment. They've got a right s- social media presence. They seem to be everywhere. And what they've got, they've, they're f- doing soundtracks. They've released soundtracks to Dodonpachi Daiuju, Mushi Himish. Yeah, that one. Mushi Himasama. Yep. <laughs> and Death Smiles. And they're all coming out on iTunes on December the 11th. They're really is, good soundtracks as well. Which is yesterday as we record this. Cave have also announced a new free-to-play shmup Ooh. for iOS and Android, and you know what it's called? No. Dodonpachi Ichimibanchu. Ichimibanchu! Oh, I'm just going to Ichimibanchu a minute. Yeah, so it's a new Dodonpachi game. <laughs> I'm Ichimibanchu. A follow-up to, probably a follow-up to, well, there's Dai Fukatsu, and then there's Dai Seiyuju or something. There's loads of them. Say Daiyuju, something like that. I have to download it on my phone, though, because I really really like Mushihima-sama on the phone. It's excellent. And the iPad. And it's free to play. Cool. Coming out in Japan on December the 14th. Excellent. There's no video footage as yet, but by the time this is out, there will be. I shall be getting that, I think. A little Christmassy birthday, Christmassy present for me. Yep. And also in Japan, Tokyo. Shall I nip over? I think I might go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you there. Mm. There is a shoot-em-up festival kind of thing going on. Cool. Called Transition. Transition 2015. It's on Boxing Day in Tokyo. So <laughs> you might be able to nip over. Japan Is Japan near America? Yeah, it's just around the corner. It's, it's not far, is it? Yeah. 
and is and the, on the site it says the history of Japanese shoot 'em up is a big part of the video game history in Japan. With a recent slowdown of arcade and console gaming, mm. shoot 'em up also recently have seen a huge loss in momentum. However, with the arrival of New Planet, that is PC gaming, this is slowly evolving. Good. That's a good yes. thing. Yeah. So they've got free play games, PC, talk show, score competitions. I take it all in Japanese, though. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Mm. I looked at some of the games on there. They look excellent. Real lot of fun. A lot of games on Steam I think you can download. Yeah, so I love it that they shoot them up. So kind of having a little mini revival at the Not minute. Not off. I quite like those, sir. You do. Yeah. Right. This next little thing is what mm. all remakes should be like. There's a oh, Ghosts yeah. and Demons on the Dreamcast. And because it's on the Dreamcast, it's even better. I want it. I want it. Take my money and let me have it. I've mm. seen this. It looks really good. It's like Ghosts and Goblins, and there's loads of extras in it. It looks really cool. They've like sort of had a, a, a hyper remix of the yeah. Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghosts and Goblins, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, and then added loads of other stuff as well. I'm really interested in this. I hope it comes out as an original cased disc so you can buy, because this would look good in any collection, especially on the Dreamcast. Yeah. There's... I think, yeah, from what I remember, there's scan lines on the screen, so I don't know if they've actually put scan lines. They look the good. They look good. The graphics look fantastic, kind of mm. a little, just a little bit better than the original Ghosts and Goblins, but very, very familiar. Yeah. And the Master Strikers, you can do a double jump on, on the bad yeah. guys' heads. You can do something like a Mario land your bottom on them. Yeah. Which is quite fun. I like How the idea of that. excellent is that? It just adds another element of gameplay, because Ghosts and Goblins is rock hard, and that's sort of what puts people off a little bit. Yeah, but I do love it, even though it's hard. Some of those games that you don't gravitate toward them because they're so difficult, but you do like to have a go on them just because they're so brilliant. Mm. And that's one of them. I think yeah. Capcom have—they've got a lot of good things to answer for. They've done a load of good stuff, especially in the early days. Yeah, one of the top five, I'd say. Easy. Yeah. Arcade manufacturers. Easy. Yeah, I think were, so. Were Namco and Atari and Nintendo and oh, Taito. Yeah, yeah all Taito, those. Yeah, that's mm. it. That's them. That's them. Oh, done. Don't forget, don't forget Williams, or we get shot. Sega. There's Sega. so many, isn't there? Uh, well, I better show Universal. Up now, oh, God. Yeah. Stop. Oh, God. <laughs> right. This is the coolest Atari 2600 mini console in the history of everything ever. Not quite. Yeah, it is. Not quite. It is. Because I haven't made one yet. Um. I, this is Benny from RGDS. He loves this. It's a little um, Atari 2600 flashback uh, machine. And yeah. someone's made a custom little housing for it and the little screen. It looks really neat, but I think the joystick's too long. Have you seen it? I have. I didn't think of that. The joystick looks about 12 foot long. You could put a fishing rod on the end of it. It's massive. <laughs> if they, need to, they need to cut that down a little bit. Send it to me. I'll put it on my lathe. I'll cut it down for them. Sega Bass Fishing. It's really nice. It's a really nice little sort of compact machine. I think the screen folds down onto it. It's kind of thing that Ben Heckendorn would make. That kind Who? of stuff. Ben Heckendorn. Have you ever seen Ben Heck? Oh, I've heard the name. He's he's um, a modder. He just he's a crazy bloke. He's really good, and he just takes things apart and makes things out of them. So he'll get like an old NES, and he'll make a, a portable out of it. He's done right. loads of projects. Um, he's on Element Fourteen, which sells a lot of um, electronic parts, and he's sponsored by Element Fourteen. He's got his own YouTube um, show. It's really really cool. He like made his own Spectrum and all sorts. He's an absolute genius, but he's a mental case as well. It's brilliant. He's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. But I reckon I could do better if I had enough time out of solid aluminium. Yeah? Sorry, aluminium. Aluminium. 
Mm. Yeah, I might have to do that one day because uh, those Atari flashbacks, when you take the actual box apart, there's nothing inside them. It's just a little tiny PCB. Just a little chip. Yeah, it's an Atari on a chip. And I think some of them you can wire up a cartridge slot to them and use them like a regular 2600. Ah, because they keep releasing them, don't they? Yeah, they keep adding games to them and different features and stuff. So it's more of an upgrade each one, isn't it? Because they're not different games every time, are they? No, no, I think they add different parts and stuff. Yeah. Oh, do you know what I found out recently as well? Go on! You can use Atari 2600 paddles on a Vectrex to play certain modded games. Really? Yes, yeah, so you can play pole position with a proper analogue wheel controller. Oh, that'd be good. Someone needs to make a Tempest, don't they? Ooh! Yes. How cool would that be? Yeah, it'd be good, that. Right, next bit of news. We have two events. We've got news on two events next year. Play oh, Expo brilliant. Blackpool the, is, has been announced as the 30th of April to the 1st of May. Yep. So that's a two-day event next year. And NERG 2016. Definitely, 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 definitely going to NERG. You can buy tickets for that now, 2nd and 3rd of July 2016. So it's six months off, and I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah, I think we might have something to do with that. Yes. We will talk about that at a later date. Top secrets. Ha ha ha. We have been speaking to Mr. Phil. Big Phil. Shut up. Don't tell him yet. No, we haven't. No, no. We won't. Ignore that. that. I bet you won't edit that out, you fool. No, I like that. I like that. Stupid bits. Stupid bits in because we're stupid. Stupid. Humble bundle Neo Geo games to play in your browser. To play in your eye browser. You your eyebrows. Buy, Play them in your eyebrows. You can buy them and browse them. Yes. There's quite a few games. I think, yeah, there's, there's the fighters, the samurai showdowns and the pole stars and all the shooters, and there's quite a lot you can buy depending on how much you put into the into the pot. You get different games. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea, that. Mm, I think there's a bit of feedback at the minute that if you play it on a monitor with a higher refresh rate than 60 kilohertz, the yeah. game plays faster. Oh, oh, so I dear. think they've got to address that. But apart from that, it seems like a good package. Okay. Okay. New arcades open in America. You need to visit all these, Vic. Not some of them. I don't. In the next couple of weeks, because it's not they're not far apart. I don't think. There's a new Dave and Buster's in Friendswood, TX. Yeah, in Texas. It was uh, that Texas. Yeah. I thought TX was a strange name for a state. Yeah. Mm. There's another Dave and Buster's opened in Glendale, AZ. Arizona. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you see there's a little link there with Dave and Buster's? They're everywhere in America. They're like a chain. Yeah. And they, they do a lot of redemption rubbish, and they're just a mm. horrible place. I went one in New York, and it was horrible. Really? Yeah, I really didn't like it. I, th- I think they have a, I thought they had quite a few new games, and then when they get a new game, it goes sort of out to all their, like, 80 or 90. I don't know, but it's not, it's not an arcade. It's more of a modern thing. It's not for All us. Right. It's not for us. Can you eat there? Uh, I believe you can eat horrible stuff there, yes. <laughs> horrible stuff. <laughs> it's all chainy stuff. Hello, I've had some horrible stuff. I've had eat. some horrible stuff for dinner. I wasn't happy at all. <laughs> Bring me a pheasant. <laughs> Free play retro arcade in Richardson. That TX. sounds more like it. TX. Uh, I'm actually going to Texas yeah. in a few weeks. I will be in parts of Texas before we go. And I'm not sure, because Texas is... An absolutely massive... I think it's about 10,000 times bigger than the UK. So wherever 10,000? Yes, easy. Wherever Richardson is, if it's near me, I'm going. But I don't think it's going to be. I'll have a look. I thought, right, you could just get a plane to the middle of America. And then walk. And drive around. (laughs) It's massive, that place. It's quite big, mate. It's quite big, America. Everything's bigger in America. 
Yeah. You see the size of their hats. <laughs> hats? Yeah, they got they can hold ten gallons, you know. Oh. I'm buying myself a cowboy hat when I'm over there. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeehaw. A leather one. Yeah, I might even ooh, yeah. I might even buy myself some spurs. <laughs> for my horse. <laughs> my horse. There is also a retro arcade opening at the Indiana State Museum. And last but not, last but, last but not least, Super Electric Ping Pinball Parlor in Cleveland, O. Ohio. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Cleveland. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, well, this next so, set of news is good for me. Yes, VEC 9. There's a game called VEC 9, which is an actual uh, new game produced to work on old vector monitors. And they've got, the, I think, the only VEC 9 in Logan Hardware. Or Logan Arcade, as it's called now. I'm going to have a go on that. Oh! And if you look at the, um, the, the article, which is going to be on our website as a, as a link, the first night they, they played it, they did something wrong and they set it on fire. <laughs> which is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> which is proper old school um, vector stuff. I think a lot of Sega vectors used to catch fire back in the day. The, the colour vector monitors. Yeah, it's all... They've made it from, like, 1980s hardware, haven't they? Retro fire! There's nothing... No corners cut in the no. retro I looked forward to that, because I looked at the VEC-9... They did, like, a promotional film for it, and it is excellent. It's such high quality. It's a really cool sort of 70... Uh, sort of cheesy 80s film, like a sort of a... Like a Russian-type sort of Cold War thingy. And it looks really cool. I want to have a go at the game. I look mm. really forward to that. Yeah, it looks ace that. And also happening today, December the 12th, is a NARC, N-A-R-C, the Williams game, Developer's Day event at Galloping Ghost. You sure they're not just taking narcotics on the today? Well, they could be. <laughs> they don't, they don't not, want to not so good. Don't do that, no. kids. Mm. It says on, on the flyer on Facebook, meet several of the best game creators in the industry who have made so much... Memorable, so many memorable arcade games. There's Eugene Jarvis. Oh, what a guy! These are all Midway people, I think. George Petro, Larry Demar, Todd Ooh. Allen, and Warren Davis, Cubert guy. Yep, know all those names. Steve Brilliant. Steve Ritchie, Brian Collins. So that'd be a great event to go to. Oh, I hope God, they put yeah. a bit of video up or something. You know. You know what you should do with that thing? Is take all your uh, arcade marquees and get all those lads to sign them. Mm. That'd be really cool. All my non-arcade. Yes. Marquees. Oh, none of them. Because your cab hasn't even got a marquee, has it? Because it's quite no. a shorty one, quite a small yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And so, that concludes the news for today, kids. Concluded indeed. Yes. And let's do some pickups. Well, first boring one for me, a new light fitting. I got a new light fitting for my cabaret cab. It now fits in there and provides light. <laughs> Yes, this one fits in the game. Actually, I've put I put a temporary. I had a, a smaller marquee line around for Doctor Mario. Yeah, and I popped that in there just to sort of uh, hide the light, and it looks really good. So it works nicely. Oh, awesome! Also, when Phil came around last Sunday, he brought me a better ROM burner. Why do you want to burn your ROMs for? You be a big fool! Don't burn ROMs. Because I'm a fire starter, a twisted fire starter. Oh yes, I'm all twisty, twisty <laughs> fire starter. Yeah, but the one I had was in problems. I couldn't burn anything with it. I think it's just a cheap, rubbish one. It was going wrong, or Windows 7 wasn't having it, and it just kept failing when I was trying to burn a ROM. Oh. And Phil knew this, so he brought me around one of his old ones, which is brilliant, and it works absolutely fine. It works a lot better than the rubbish I've got. I've burnt myself some Dig Dug Freeplay ROMs. I haven't tried them out yet. 
And I also did one for that 1942 board I'm having problems with. And it sort of, right. I think it, it did what I needed it to do, but it still hasn't cured the problem. So obviously it wasn't that was the problem. I think the amp's going on it. Mm. But he also, on his ancient um, equipment, he burnt me uh, a sound ROM, which is on a 2708, which is a 1K EEPROM. Right. One whole K. Wow. 1,024 of the finest bytes. <laughs> Because I couldn't burn that, and a lot, a lot of people can, because the, the equipment you need for that is quite old. And he burnt it for me, and it works perfectly. I've got proper sounds, because when you play on that game, it's got a different soundboard. It's got a separate soundboard, and you need the actual ROM to play the correct sounds. Otherwise, it plays the sounds from Space Fever, or whatever game you've had in there, or Space Fever High Splitter. Right. And it works perfectly, because the last time I, I had someone burn one for me, it didn't work properly, and I thought, oh, it must be the ROM in MAME, which he used, isn't correct. But mm. apparently it is, and it works. So I've got proper sounds in there, which is excellent. Excellent. I'm really happy about that. Because I haven't had those since I've had the machine. I've had all the games, you know, roughly since I've had the machine. I never hear the proper sounds on it. It just sort of makes sounds now and again. Because yeah. they're, they're, they're just not right. Uh, also, the final prototype Vectrex controller is all machined up, as we talked about earlier. So I've got all those bits there. I'm going to get working on testing it and working out the top sticker art, which I'll probably get someone like you to do for me. Because you can oh, use all yeah. those finicky art programs and stuff. Mm, them vector graphic things, yeah. Yes, them things. Should we put a 10 pence logo on it? Could do. Maybe and on some, the bottom so no one can see it. And some sort of naked photos and stuff like no, that. No, yeah. no, really no, no, oh, no. Yeah. I thought I was just leave it black as it is. <laughs> have you got anything? Well, yes, I have. Oh, I've, oh it, go on then. I've just thought something else I've got. You do first. It's you and Sarge. Thank you very much. The tag team of Vic and Sarge. Give yourselves a ping. Woohoo! That sticker got a couple of weeks ago. It's been up and down the M6 like a like a fast travelling device with six buttons. Yes. Yes. And I've got it back again, and it's been honed to perfection to my personal preferences. And it is a perfect four way stick now. Yeah, I tried it out and I showed you a little video, didn't I? And you can't get when it's in four way mode and it's got the four way gate on it, which I made. You cannot get diagonals with it. It doesn't matter how hard you push, you cannot get diagonals because I tried it out on a, a little test screen. I also, I was going to sort of disable left to give me more of a chance in games, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't in the end, luckily. If you. I was just going to put a, like, a big bit in it so you couldn't get left, so you've only got up, down, and right, <laughs> which would have worked. What was that test screen you, you was using? Was it, it was from Street Geo Fighter. Game? No, it was from Street oh, Fighter 2. Uh, right. When you get up the uh, the test, you, there's an input test, and it's really handy for that sort of thing. You can check out you know, whether, whether all your fire buttons are working or whatever. I wonder what it was. Yeah. Oh, the other the other um, little pickup I got, you know, I was, I was sort of sorting out all my consoles and selling a load of stuff recently out of the loft. Yeah. Well, I wanted to keep the little white PS1. You know the little sort of later on version they made, the little tiny white PS1, a little cute one? Yeah, I got one of those, and I didn't have any controllers for it. I had some grey ones, you know, the normal old PlayStation ones, the analog and the digitals. And I wanted a white one, so I bought one from someone on eBay, and it was only about six pounds. And it came; it was real grubby. So I took it apart, put the cases in some bleachy water, yes, in a little uh, thing, and this came out really nice. Oh, good! It's as clean as a whistle. You can eat your dinner off it. Not melted or anything. No, no, it's fine. I I, I didn't have a very strong solution. I just left it for a night, give it a bit of a scrub the next day. It looks really nice. Getting oh, the damn good. thing back together was a bit finicky, though. Mm. Oh, fiddly. Fiddly. Fiddler. And I've also, I'm in the process of trying to get one of the little clip-on LCD screens for it as well. So everything is compact, and it goes back in a little bag I've got for it, and off you go. Mm. So that'd be quite cool. I'm, and also, Sarge is doing me a 
mod chip for it so I can play the old games. I can get a load of games off the internet. I know it's naughty, but you know they're so old nowadays. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. And you can't get them any other way, really. Finding the originals would be almost impossible. Mm. There's a game called Skull Monkeys I really want to play that the, um, the Retro Obscura guys covered ages ago. And it's sort of like Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong Country. It's got sort of really cool, sort of, really sort of digitized graphics. It looks a really cool, funny game. And it's got loads mm. of silly bits in it that I'm quite interested in. And also, Ape Escape. I loved Ape Escape on the PS1 and the PS2. What is that? Oh, really cool. Look, I mean, you chase monkeys around and catch them with a big net. They've got, they got little um, sirens on their head, little light bulbs. So when they see you, they go, Rah! and they go red, and they <laughs> run away, and you've got to try and catch them with your net. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's as mad as it sounds. It really is. <laughs> Any more pickups for you, sir? No, that's it, I think. Not picking up enough, young man. I know. Buy some more uh-huh. PCBs. Do you know my PCB, right? It's very strange happenings with it. Yeah. Sometimes the display goes a little bit darker. The monitor yeah. goes a little bit darker. Oh, okay. Then it'll pop back again. Yeah. And other times, this hasn't happened for about a week now, but all the graphics, some of the graphics corrupted. Yeah, sounds like a dodgy ROM. You've just got a dirty ROM in there. One of the, the yeah. problems needs just... What I do to them, and when I see you next, or when, when maybe James RGP's around or someone, you just, you just carefully lever them out of the sockets, yeah. bearing in mind which way they went round, yeah. and you just get some really, really fine wet and dry, like 1,000 grit, and you just give the legs a little bit of a rub. And it just cleans them up because they get a little residue over them over the years, and it doesn't make a very good contact. I think what's happening is you're not getting a very good contact, and just little bits are missing. Yeah, and that's oh, what right. I do. And usually, when you put them back in again, they, they, you, re, you call them reseating them. They, yeah, they work fine after that. Mm. I think that's what it, what it is. Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. But it, it is behaving itself uh, lately. Anyway, yeah, where mine 1942 is not behaving itself. The sounds <laughs> going all over the place. Oh dear. Because that's exactly what I had on Volgus. Because they look very similar bootleg boards. I reckon they're probably on the same hardware. And maybe it's the same thing that's gone wrong on them. I don't know. Oh. Seems that way. Okay, let's do some feedback. Feedback! We've always got lots of feedback. Oh, yeah, we, we love our listeners. They're awesome. Right, you go first. Right, Mr. Dave Otto. Mm-hmm. From Revival, he says, thanks for all the feedback for Revival. It was an amazing weekend. So Referencing Sean's bad thumbs when using a 2600 joystick. Mm. Ping Master Sarge made me a 2600 stick with a proper arcade stick and button inside an original CX40 case. It's my go-to 2600 controller. It's wicked. Yep, I knew someone who did that as well. They put a, a Japanese stick, either a Sanwa or a Simitsu, inside the housing of an old CX40. So you've got a real sort of light touch, clicky joystick, rather than those horrible things that break your arm when you t- just on the leaf switches. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's this common thing to do. That is, I think it's not that difficult to do either. It's quite easy to fit them in there. You just got to sort of trim it around to, to fit it all in. The next one is Chris Cruz from the Sky Cursor team. It's a joy to hear you guys getting so excited at the evening, naming of all the games when we did our walk back, walk round. Yeah. Reminds me of why I love arcade so much. The chemistry you two have. And the flow of your banter is absolutely top-notch. Another fantastic show. Oh, he also mentions Vigilante, which is supposed to be Kung Fu Master 2, as a game we should look at. I never knew it was an official follow-up to it. It says it is in MAME, and I've had a look at it this morning. Yeah. And it's it's very similar mechanics. Okay. I it like looks kind of like Double Dragon. Yeah. But you can't go in and out of the screen. You're just on one plane. Oh. But the... 
it's not got the feel of Kung Fu Master. It feels slightly sluggish compared to Kung Fu Master, I think. Okay. Because I always get Vigilante mixed up with a few other games that are sort of, I think I used to play back in the day. And I get mixed up with them. Because there's one that's just, it's a bit like Dragon Ninja. And you've got to find Madonna. Is that Vigilante? Your girlfriend Madonna is captured by the so-and-so gang. And you've got to find her. I think that might be Vigilante. Vendetta? Yeah, Vendetta and Vigilante. That's the ones I get mixed up with. That's the name. Uh, I'm glad you remember that it. one. Yeah, so I'm, I'll have to look at that. Because there was um, a Kung Fu Master 2 prototype found, wasn't there? And there was a mm. French article on it. But I'm not sure if it's in MAME or not yet. But that looks like just like Kung Fu Master with updated graphics and um, different baddies. Mm. Which I'd this, really like to play. I love Kung Fu Master. This one, you have to punch some of the guys. You have to punch them four or five times. And it seems a bit overkill to me. Yeah. I'm undecided on Vigilante. I know Chris Cruz likes it. Yeah, we'll have to look at it. Mm. Oh, Scott Strong. One pound for a missile invader. Bargain. I keep meaning to buy my dad one to replace the one he had when I was a lad. I got a bit heady, heavy-handed with it. And I never know where to get what to get him for Christmas. Great podcast, guys. You have a new subscriber. Love Acid Burn. Oh, P.S. Smashing Pumpkins. I know Scott. I've met him before. He's really tall. He's taller than me. Wow, that is tall. Good lad. And he's smashing up pumpkins as well. Absolutely. With a big Don't want him round on Halloween, do you, love? No. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Aaron Hickman. Hello, sir. And he's, he's just put two words. Turtly awesome. Turtly awesome. I love a pun, me. Thanks, it's Aaron. Thank Aaron you, is sir. from the uh, Rebs Obscura. Yes. Craig Turner, Revival. That's his last name, Revival. He's changed it now. Just caught the podcast, guys. Thanks for the awesome rundown. And was awesome to have dedicated arcade bods there. Thank you. Oh, we love being there. Mm, we did. Garen from RGDS Podcast, who's also known as Retro Schmupper, yep. he says the 1942-styled CD32 game we were talking about at Revival is called Banshee. Ah, I have heard of that. And it looks it's supposed to be really good. It looked brilliant. Do you reckon that would work on my Amiga 600 or is it an Amiga 1200 thing? Because the 1200 ones were slightly enhanced, weren't they? I don't know. Mmm, I'd like to play that. To check it out. Mmm. Jeff Prescott from No Quarter. Really great tech segment. I wish I had access to industrial machinery. Mm. It is handy. Mm, we're getting a lot of podcaster love, aren't we, this time? Yeah, I like that. It's good. Darren Dasball from Retro Domination. Oh, another one. Just wondering if you guys had played this gem, Ninja Spirit from IREM. It never gets any love from the arcade public. One board I still need to get, but it's too damn hard to find. As always, your Turtles EP was great. Keep up the great work. Ooh. Uh... I have... I have tried it. I've tried Ninja Spirit. I've played it for about half an hour the other day. It's really tough. It's got a good feel to it. Yeah. I think it's one you've got to learn because I got to this this boss level and like these pyramids of ninjas. Not pyramids. Columns of ninjas. Columns of ninjas. Shot out the ground like they do when you're shopping and throwing loads of knives at you like in, in, in that obtuse diagonal angles, sir. That's not very friendly, is it? No. You don't expect that from a ninja. I got killed to death. Killed to death, as you do. The music's great, though. We have featured the music. I thought we'd used the music. I remember the name. Ian Ski. Awesome. This seems to have come around quite quickly this time. I've been listening to them pretty much as soon as they come out, so it's been feeling like a while between them. Thanks, chaps. Very nice. Very welcome. Benson Rad. Been a bit lax with my feedback of recent times. Many apologies. Another great podcast, as per usual. You two are like a couple of little kids when you get together at events. <laughs> you could say that. We are, aren't we? I'll take that as a compliment because we do muck around a bit, don't we? Yes. At first, I thought I bought Vic one of these and he's posted a picture of a red ball top. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, it's a red ball red top. Red ball tops. Oh. I've got to get them off Alex yet. I'll have to go around and visit him. 
They're still probably in Alex's pocket. Oh, nice and warm. Yes. It's good to hear Sean, as Sean slides further down the slippery slope of arcadeness yes. with his recent purchase. One day he'll fully turn to the dark side. <gasps> Go on, do a Darth Vader. Can you do Darth Vader? Uh, what does Darth Vader say? The, 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 vo- the breathing. Can you do? No. Why not? Because I haven't got asthma. I can, I can edit it in. It'd be awesome. No. All right, then. Uh, little in there, where are we? One day we return to the dark side with some vintage dedicated, I am sure, and it is odd how that happens. When I first started collecting, it was about all, all about the side-scrolling beat-em-ups of the early 90s, and then things moved on to more late 80s games and mid-80s, like Paperboy and Outrun, and now I find myself on the edge of the old classic territory with Millipede and his pining after a Pac-Man. Good. Just how did this happen? Only an hour after listening, I've already forgotten half the stuff I was going to say. I'm like that. And yes, hey, Sean Holly, you need to line up your catchphrase title and get ready. I did not hear those hollow words of in your face this week after your score was announced. You must be losing your touch. I forgot to say it. Yeah. In your face. It's because you have so many of them, that's why. Yeah. Not this time. Not this time, as we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas and lots of fun in the US of A, Vic. Thank you, I'll try. Alpha One, all... Nice podcast, chaps. Really enjoyed Space Launcher. We'll give it another go. Oh, by the way, Vic, my Crossy Road... Oh, beat me with Crossy Road, hadn't he? 174. He beat me by 30 on Crossy Road. But Leslie got a 371. What's wrong with him? And Stephen Baker got 351. What? They've been Crossy Road in our score competition. I've been Crossy Roaded to death. That is a massive score, isn't it? That is a, that's twice mine and more. Oh, my Lord. And then Leslie was trolling my high score, and he put a Flappy Bird score on as 39. Is that, is that good? I, I, not, it I, is. I, it's I, not I, bad. I, I don't know. So I went back in time, a rewound time, <laughs> and found an old Facebook photo where I got a score in 93. In your face, Leslie. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. 93, Flappy Bird, that's good, that. Hooray Banana. Podcast, there's a nice break from week-long inspection at work where we're suffering. Oh, I hope we help. Mm. Inspections are poo. And so is work. Yeah, absolutely. I've only got like three days left, though. Woohoo! Yeah, I've got five, and then I've got a stock take on the 21st, and then I'm done. Did you know wife's off for a month now? Wow, that's good, Oh, I'm not happy about that. Why not? Because I'm not off for a month now. But I will be off for about three weeks. She can bake you loads of them tarts, love. Oh, yeah, but I get fat too late for me mr ppp really got back into these podcasts guys since i start, stopped listening mid last year only what? problem is i'm up to the latest episode this evening and we'll be chomping at the bit for more once it finishes ah really good fun and great to listen to your banter on the way to and from work thumbs up emoticon tin our, our favorite of all the metals <laughs> yes despite my <laughs> loathing for space launcher and turtles and uncle Pooh. what's wrong with him Titles. Titles and Uncle Pooh. <laughs> Thanks for continuing these podcasts. I know Victor loves his podcasts, and I've tried a few more of the ones that get mentioned now and again, but frankly, they're not all as good as the Mighty Ten Pence. Star very much. They are. They really are good. Yes, so all, thank all you, the, Tim. All the ones we uh, recommend are brilliant. Official. Mm. <laughs> Arch, hack on. Thanks for yet another splendid episode, and thanks for the mention as well. I've figured out that I'll keep feeding you guys feedback. I will eventually get a mention, which will make me provide more feedback, and so on. It's almost like playing chess by mail, only without the chess. Mm. 
Ah. And without the mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So it's not really then, is it? No. No. This time around, I enjoyed the tech tips and the bit on the Space Jewel artwork. Stunning. The cab looks nothing like the upright Tempest, though. You must be thinking about Gravatar, maybe. Where do I sign up for one of them Vectreg sticks, by Right, the way? let's address this. Yes. When I was editing the other week, I listened to that and went, oh, you idiot. It, it's obviously not Tempest, because it's a really sloped one. It's Black Widow. It's the same cabinet as a Black Widow. That's what it is. Uh... I knew this while I was editing, but the correction robot's gone a bit scary. She keeps yeah. going on about they're going to take over the world, podcast by podcast, so I didn't ask her to correct it for us. Mm. Mm, be careful with her. <laughs> She's getting a bit funny. Oh, and one question, since you guys seem to very much tied in, in with Arcade Club. If I was to travel and visit Arcade Club from Norway, he's on about, isn't he? Oh, yeah. If, is there any one yearly event which stands out where I could meet you and other UK vacas, or should, just a, should I just go any old weekend? Not really. We'd have to organise it, wouldn't we? Yeah, if you go any old weekend, Arch, you're going to run into him, unfortunately, because he's there every weekend. <laughs> but if you did plan on coming over, say you wanted to do um, maybe a UK tour or just visit the UK if you've never been before and you want to do all the things, you know, all the sort of touristy things, we could probably organise meeting you there, perhaps. Yeah. If you want to come all the way to, from Norway, all we can do is just go and meet you there. That's easy for us to do. Yeah. Well, easy for you. It's just down the road. Well, I've got to travel a couple hundred miles, but it's not too bad. Mm. So if you do come over for a holiday, tell us and we'll try and work something out. Yeah, and we'll get some more UK vacas and people and we'll have oh, a good absolutely. night out. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll arrange something around you. Mm. Thing is, at the moment, it's open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you've, if he just turns up on any day, he's got less chance of meeting people, hasn't he? Yeah, I suppose. But I mean, you'll, you'll meet people there anyway. You know, oh, he's, yes. he's a nice guy, Hack, and he, he'd meet people and talk to them no problem at all. Mm. And he'd enjoy himself. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll do that. Neil1637. Long weekend in London, returning to find Carlisle underwater again. Has eaten up all my time. Yeah, we've had a lot of floods up north, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Unfortunately. I've played Space Launcher a little, though, in order to take part in some way. It's a lovely little game with a nicely balanced risk and reward. It's also another game that I had neither played nor heard of prior to this, and thank you for another fine introduction. Very Mm. welcome. Yes. That, I think, is the end of the feeding back. The backs of feed is done. And thank now, you very much. Yeah, thank you very much for that. And now we'll get on to shouting out. Shouting some stuff out. I've got a few. Yeah. Uh, the first one's Quinn Dunkey and Mike McGuinness for the Open Apple podcast. I really enjoy that. I've never even touched an apple before, but they make the podcast enjoyable and interesting. Also, Quinn answered my question I said about earlier about which Apple II for a pure gaming need. And she, was, she, she gave me a really, really interesting and, and detailed description of all the different Apple IIs and what, what the best one is and what the foibles are and quirks of the different ones. And I think I'm going to go with her recommendation, go for an Apple IIc if I can find one. Mm. And there's also clones and all sorts, but I'm going to try and get one cheap in America. So thank you, Quinn, for answering. And thank you, Quinn and Mike, for the podcast. Yeah. Also, all the people who've bought stuff off me at my loft uh, clearance, who's helped fund my holiday. I hope you all love the games and systems I sold you. Mm. I've got three three podcasty shout-outs. Okay. Shout-out to Broken Token Guys for giving us a shout-out. You might not say that later on. And laughing at our our impressions of firepower. Firepower. <laughs> You're far better than oh, I'm going to get that put on a T-shirt. 
(laughs) (laughs) Galloping Ghost Podcast, which is only currently on YouTube. That's a really interesting podcast if you want to know what's going on in the biggest retro arcade in the world. Yeah, I listened to one of those. I must listen to some more. They're quite long. And the one I listened to was primarily talking about high scores and who just got a high score in Galloping Ghost. Yeah. I quite like that. It's quite interesting. It's interesting to see Mm. who comes in and gets scores and then someone else comes and beats them. It's really good. They had a power cut, apparently, for the first time in their history. A power cut? Power cut. And it was, I don't know, an hour and a half or something. And Uh-oh. they were rushing around trying to get it all sorted. That's interesting. Yeah. Also, a shout-out to Jeff and Mike for No Quarter, from No Quarter, for an excellent Asteroids review. Yep. We couldn't have done better ourselves. It was really informative. They're always excellent. Always. The stuff they were saying about Asteroids was bang on, I think. Yeah, we do like a bit of Asteroids, don't we? Shooting pointy rock. Love a pointy rock, man. Shooting pointy rock, right? I face. love a pointy rock. <laughs> Shout and out for Phil for visiting me last Sunday. Uh, thank you for the sound rom. Thank you for the EPROM burner. Thank you. And he also fixed my Toidles board. He took Toidles. it away with him. He had it done the next day. Brilliant. Apparently, it was a dodgy socket and a ROM on the lower board. As soon as you touched okay. it, it went in and out of working, and he just replaced it. Bosh, sorted. Thank you very much. Excellent. He's going to get one of them for that. And Arcade Heroes, a shout out to them. They've recently turned nine, nine years old of the Arcade Heroes website. Brilliant website, that is. Yeah. Oh, here's a special one. I only found out this the other day. They're going to get one of these. Resonant. And one of these. Yeah. Hayley at Hales Vozzles and Richard at Drumsy for getting a nice pickup in the shape of a baby daughter. Yes. Hopefully they'll still get to play along with us when they're not dealing with feeds and nappy changes. So another ping for little Violet Elizabeth. Well done, you too. Brilliant. And they have both put a score in this week. How did they have time? I don't know. How did they have time? (laughs) Thank you for playing along with us. It's brilliant. You just imagine them playing, push, push. Now I'm on about space launcher. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well done to them anyway. Okay, let's do my little section on tech tips. But it's about tweaking controls, because I tweaked yes. some of your controls. Did you yes. enjoy me tweaking your controls, sir? <laughs> I'm not sure now. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, joysticks, right? There's so many different styles of joysticks you can get. I think the popular yeah. one nowadays, the most popular ones are probably the HAP, or the mm. HAP Suzo stick, you know, the big knobbly, we call them chip shop jammer sticks. The one you used to find in chip shops years ago on every single generic arcade machine. You normally find them on electrical and Goliaths and generic yeah. machines. They're sort of like a, a black molded joystick with a ball top, sort of the molded ball top. They're quite standard. And I think also the Sumitsu and Sanwars are very standard nowadays. Vert stick, if you're lucky enough to find one. Yeah. Also, but what you can do with these joysticks is because, and your one you use, which is an old, is it a PlayStation fight stick? It's a Hori fight stick, isn't it? Hori fighting stick three, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people use those for using on PCs because they're usually USB. And people sort of find that the, the joysticks and the buttons in them aren't quite up to arcade standard. They're nearly there. Yeah. But usually sort of cheaper versions. And mm. the one you got off of Sarge, he'd made, he'd actually modded his as well. He'd modded the four-way, sorry, the eight-way gate on it, and he turned it to 45 degrees and drilled some more holes in it to make it a four-way restrictor. Yeah. So what you do is you've got a square, and, and the joystick can go left, right, up and down, and into the corners of the square to make eight ways. Yeah. When you when you rotate it 45 degrees, sorry, 90 degrees, no, 45 degrees, get it right, Victor, <laughs> you're an engineer, idiot. When you rotate it 45 degrees, it becomes a diamond shape, a square on its side. 
and you can only go into the corners and they make your up, down, left, and right. And when you go to the, the flats of the square, that would normally hit a diagonal. But because it's a flat in the way of it, it will not hit the diagonal. And that's yeah. what you want in a four-way restrictor. So what Sarge did is he turned it 45 and put some more holes in it. But what happened is because it wasn't quite right and there was a lot of throw on the joystick, you could still hit a diagonal just. If you hit it hard enough, you'd hit a diagonal. And yeah. the throw was massive. It was a real wangly, waggly stick, wasn't it? it wangly. Was a, wangly. That's a new yeah. word. It's a good word, that. TM, wangly. Don't use a wangly stick, kids. <laughs> so what I did is I actually remade one out of aluminium for you. Because I'm an engineer, I can make, you know, I can cut materials and stuff. But I suppose if you were to make one at home, you could probably do it with a drill and a file. But it would be a bit of a, yeah. a mess around to do it. You need someone like me to do that sort of thing, really. Mm. And you can buy different restrictors, especially for the, the Samitsu and Sanwise. You can buy ones that actually rotate, as where you sort of pull them up and rotate them. So you've got four and an eight-way. Mm. And a lot of other sticks have got like a, a plate on the bottom screwed in. You undo the screws a little bit, turn it 45 degrees and screw them back up again. And you've got eight way to four way. And then you've also got stuff like the mag stick, which has got a, a switch actually switches it over for you. You haven't got to unscrew anything. Yeah. And also the one I've got on my Naomi machine I use for, for main is a servo stick. It's actually got a little motor in there, which actually motorized the move, the restrictor from four to eight way. And mm, I've got it set that. to work with MAME, and it automatically does it with MAME. So if you, if you choose a four-way game, like Pac-Man, you'll hear this bzzz, and it actually changes it from eight-way to four-way. And when you, wow. go out, when you go out again, it turns it back to where it was. And then when you get an eight-way game, obviously it turns it to eight-way. So there's a lot of... Um, you can make the gate smaller. You can use a round gate. So if you've got a lot of rounded moves, like when you've done the fighting moves, and you like rotate in 360, yeah. or say you wanted to play Gyrus with a more authentic feel, mm-hmm. you could use that as a sort of... And it also smoothly rotate, rather than having to bang into the corners of the diagonals, because you can get octagonal ones with eight ways in as well, yes. which are also good for the fighters. But I think a round stick, you can get those as well. And it sort of depends on your preference, really. But there's loads of different ones you can get for the, for the Japanese sticks. But for a normal one, there's usually a little plate on the but you can just change over. But you, you don't really want to be changing it every five minutes because you've got inside the panel, unscrew things, screw them back up again. So if you're using it on MAME, I, th- I highly recommend a servo stick. They're brilliant for that. So what's in a Monroe stick, then? Do you know what's in that? It's, it's a leaf switch stick, yeah. but it's got like a... I think it's like a bearing on it, so it rotates. It's still a leaf switch. It's not rotary, yeah. but it sort of rotates on a, on a sort of... Sh- on a pivot, if you know what I mean. Rather right. than a spring yeah. and just click in between. It rotates on a pivot, so you've got sort of a, a rounded feel to it. Almost like a 720 joystick, which has got a really funny, rounded sort of feel to it. Mm. But also, if you don't like the ball top, you don't like the colour of it, some joysticks, you can take the ball tops, you can unscrew them and put a new coloured one on, or a clear one, or one with bits in it. And you can also get some with bat sticks, so you can actually have a a sort of bat top, which is like a sort of pear-shaped top to a stick, rather than the ball. I've actually made some square ones before for a laugh, for Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> they were quite fun. Hurt your hands after a bit. Yeah, not so good. But also, if you've got a long throw on your joystick and you want a shorter, tighter throw, which is what I made on the vert sticks when I did them, yeah. is what people do who aren't engineers or turners, to use a lathe, is you take the actuator out, which is a little piece of plastic, which, which hits against the switches. It goes yeah. around the shaft of the joystick and it hits against the switches. You can make the shaft bigger, which reduces your throw, by yeah. putting electrical tape around it. Oh, yeah, right. Rich yeah. Stryker used to do this until he, he found me, and I made him some, actually turned some up for him with the, the proper diameters. 
because uh, I did with when I did your joystick, I was toying with that and I put some tape around yours, but it, it made it not so good. So in the end, I decided to reduce the size of the square on the gate, mm. which is what did it. But you can do that. Um, you can also, if you've got a leaf switch joystick like a Wico or some of the older style ones, you can actually bend the the contacts in closer to each other or further away if you want a longer throw to it. So as you move the joystick, it make it takes longer to hit the contacts. Yeah, or shorter if you want a tighter stick. And also on those ones, if you're getting some directions that aren't working properly, you can clean them with very very fine emery again. Just give you just get reduce the sort of oxidization on them. Because mm. that's often why a joystick doesn't work on a leaf. It's just because it's got oxidization. It doesn't make a proper contact. Right. Also, in a lot of joysticks, they they've got a spring in them to to spring them back to the center. Yeah. And usually there's sort of like a, a spring and actuator. And on the bottom, there's a, a little C-clip, a circlip, to hold them on all together. When you take the C-clip off, hold on to that C-clip, guys, because it will fly across the room because it's sprung. So hold on to it when you take it off. That's a little tip. You can actually you can change the springs. If you can get a load of springs, you can choose which one's best for you. So you can use a stiffer spring, or you can even get your old spring and just pull it and stretch it a bit more to make it tighter. Yeah. Because what, what people do, they don't like, some people like a, a loose spring for say shoot 'em ups or for fighting games would be like a tighter one for playing like pac-man and stuff yeah for the four-way games more than anything but you can do that you can muck about with your springs and also on i forgot to mention on the leafs you can also rise raise and lower the contacts between each other with little spaces yeah you need to sort of look inside one but when they're put together there's two screws for a load of space and you can reduce or enlarge the spaces on it as well Mm, I know what you mean, yeah. And the only other one I can think of which returns your joystick to the middle is a grommet, a rubber grommet. Yes. And it's like a, a rubber lump. So as you push against the rubber, it it's naturally springs back. And the Wickos have got um, a rubber grommet on them, and so a lot of the old Pac-Man joysticks have as well. And over time, they get hard and crusty and they fall apart. And yeah. if you replace one of those, it makes your joystick almost brand new again. Wow. And you can actually buy the rubber grommet separately. And with another type, which is the microswitch joystick, which is mainly a lot of the ones we use, you can change the microswitches because some of them have got different pressures. Yes. I think it's measured in newtons, and you can change from a really stiff one to a very, very soft one. And the soft ones, you can hardly hear or even click. Mm. And the very stiff ones, like the industrial ones, you can a real strong click to them. A, a manly click. Mm, I've changed the, changed the buttons in my little bar top to, to a lot less resistance in the micro switches. Yeah, because when, yeah. when you are firing a lot, like in, say, 1942, it, do, it sounds pathetic, but it does wear you out because you're pressing the button and you've got to press it harder and you're going for it. Yeah. With a softer button, you can just tap it lightly. Yeah. And that's why I like leaf switch buttons because they're very, very light switch to them. Mm. Perfect for shooters. Onto yeah. buttons, as you just going on about Leaf switch buttons can be adjusted exactly the same way as a leaf switch stick. You can either move the little spaces around or you can just bend them towards each other and just do it like that. It's easy. The micro switch buttons, same as the joysticks. You can use softer or harder switches. Yeah. And Nintendo buttons on old school Nintendo cabs like Donkey Kong, Popeye, that sort of thing, they actually use an odd combination of the two. They use micro switches, but yeah. they actually use... Um, what we call a Nintendo button. It's a slightly higher throw to it. It's a taller leaf switch button than a normal button. Yeah. And they're quite very hard to find. And I think Mike's Arcade were doing a Kickstarter to try and make some brand new ones. And I joined yeah. the Kickstarter. I'm not sure what's going on with it. I'll have to find out. 
But what they do is they use a leaf style plunger of their own, and underneath it, they've got like a little unit that holds a micro switch with a, um, a little lever on it. So as you press the leaf down, it's a very, very soft touch. It levers the switch, which makes it even easier to press the switch. And I prefer those buttons over anything. They're the best buttons. You can hit them really quick. They feel nice. They're soft. Mm. And you get that positive click as well from the, from the micro switch. And you can actually, there's a, little, there's a little sort of slot where you mount the micro switch. There's a little slot and you can move it around a little bit. You can angle it so it's slightly closer to the switch or further away. Yeah. So that's a way of adjusting as well. Mm-hmm. Also, another one we, we sort of haven't talked about is optical controllers. If you've mm-hmm. got a game that's got a spinner or a trackball, there are yeah. ways of modifying these as well. Because a lot of trackballs, over the years, if you get a trackball and it's one out of an old arcade machine and not a brand new one from the, the new suppliers, you're going to find that the shafts on it, which the ball rotates on, or the ball spins around on, have been worn in the place where the ball is. Because the ball is like... Um, it's like a pool ball. It's made out of wood, I believe, with sand inside it. And it's got a very, right. very hard enameled coating on it. And that enameled coating, believe it or not, over the years will wear a little track in the shaft. And when you take one of these things apart, you usually see like a little dent in the shaft, a right rotary dent in it. It looks like someone's put a groove in it. Right. And then as you, get, as you, you rotate the ball, it's not spinning fast enough. So you, you'll get mm. missing movements on it. And with those, you can, get, you can actually buy new shaft kits. Someone will make them. I made my own years ago. I turned them on the lathe. And you can also replace those little ball bearings on either end, which hold the thing together and spin it. And you can actually change the If the bearings get all sort of manked up and crusty and maybe rusty where it's been left out in the rain or whatever, you can actually change the bearings. And they're easy to find off-the-shelf ball bearings or bearing right. races. So you can change those. But spinners can also be slightly modified because there's, there's spinner and pots as well. A potentiometer goes from sort of a certain degree to a certain degree, whereas a spinner will just spin around and keep spinning forever in a day. Yeah. So there is a difference. I mean, Warlords uses um, a pot, and so does stuff like Breakout or Pong. Yeah. use a pot. So you're sort of going from left all the way around to right, but a spinner will spin around all the way around and keep going. Like yeah. Like the Tempest yeah. and Camel Try and games like that. But on Tempest, which is a good example, that's actually got a weighted metal diameter on the bottom of it, which is screwed into the shaft. So it feels, yeah. when you spin it, it'll keep spinning for quite a while because the weight of it keeps it going. Yeah, there's a and great can, feel to that. You can adjust the size of the weights of it. You can yeah. actually make, well, I, I can make, and I suppose you could probably buy different diameters out of different materials. So if you wanted a light one, you can make one out of aluminium. Yeah. Or not have one at all. But I think it would feel a bit odd not having a weighted spinner. And mm. you can, I've seen some spinners that are like about three inch in diameter and about um, half an inch thick out of steel. So they're real heavy spinners. So when you spin it, you can go and have a cup of tea and come back and it'll still be spinning when it comes yeah. back. And I've also made different knobs for the top of them as well because I've made ones with grooves in and, and knurled tops. So you've got a bit, yeah. of, um, a bit of grip to it. Yeah. And you yeah, can make yeah. all sorts of shape ones as well if you want to, but a round is usually the way to do it. But you can put grooves around it and all sorts. You can engrave stuff in the top and you know, all sorts of mods for it. So if you want to sort of um, do some modification, if you're not happy with your controls, there are ways of making them, you can tailor suit them to your, your own likes. Because mm. you're quite happy with yours. I like the sticks on your, your arcade machine. Yeah, I do. I, like I used it, to have yeah. them in my first Goliath, my old jammer machine from, from Yonks back. And they were really nice mm. sticks. I don't know what they're called. You get them off Ultimark, but they're really nice sticks. And they're not HAP, these? They're not HAP sticks? I don't know, mate. No idea. But they look very similar to the ones I got from Ultimark, but they might be... Uh, Look, are you wiggling them? Wiggling sticks. Wiggling sticks. And that's what I can say about control uh, modifications. If anyone else knows anything else you can do, give us a shout. 
Yet again, I have learned something that I will forget in a week and come back and listen to again. Well done. Thank you, sir. Right, should we have a musical interlude? I need a drink. Yeah, I thought we'd have a nice summery song to warm up these cold winter months. A summery song, you know what I mean? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, how about Magical Sound Shower from the... It's a classic tune and it's a classic game. Oh, classic. Outrun. Yep, okay. Press play on tape then. Okay. was performed by our in-house band the 10 pence orchestra yeah awful i don't know who these these guys are but they're just awesome aren't they vic um i'll reserve judgment on that one yes okay now we're going to go to our featured game review it is space launcher and i think you should take it away mr marlin you're getting into this uh, sounds, aren't you? Yeah, I am, yeah. You get your own little soundboard. Mm. Right. Space Launcher, not Space Luncher. No sandwiches here. Nintendo, November 1979. We just missed its 36th birthday. Ooh. It was made for Nintendo, I believe, by Ikigami, who made a lot of their earlier games. Mm. It's a two-way joystick. No ups and down here. No. And only one fire button. The hardware is the same as Space Fever. I can run Space Fever... Space Fever High Splitter, and Space Launcher on my Space Fever boards. I also believe you can run Sheriff, but it's got different controls, and maybe some of the other early Nintendos. They're so hard to find, we don't know. Mm. There is also a unique sound EEPROM for the soundboard that corresponds to the particular game. And I have now, thanks to Phil, got all the separate ones for the different games. So I've got the correct sounds. I also presume it's very similar to other hardware and Nintendo games of the era. These games were Intel 8080-based games. Sheriff also has the same CPU. Mm. So this game is very similar to Lunar Rescue by Taito, but who copy who? You decide. Yes. Your avatar is a space rocket that starts out in the middle of the screen on the bottom on some sort of launch pad. You can position the launch pad, but it moves very slowly and leaves you open to attack from the invader's fire power. When you press the thrust button, which is your fire button, your rocket speeds up. Avoid the star field and fire from the invaders. As well as the invaders themselves, they will kill you. So the, the little stars going across the screen will kill you, the invaders will kill you, and the invaders' fire will kill you. And the mm. idea is to get in the bases above this, four bases, numbered one, well, one to four at the top, 
And the idea is to get in the base. Don't crash into the side of the base. You can get killed on that as well. And you dock there. And there's also some scores above that move They move along. They move from right to left along until you reach about two-thirds up the screen. Then they will stop. And that's the bonus you get for landing in that, in that um, base. But when you get two-thirds up the screen, um, a wave of alien of laser fire comes out the front of your rocket. This acts like a laser fan of death. Which you smack the aliens out of the way while you safely dock. So it's best to get them on the side because they can't shoot you, and you can get them because it's sort of like a, a wave fan in front of your ship. Yeah, this still works as you exit the docks to go back to the bottom of the screen, but only for the first third of the top of the screen. Beware, the aliens fire back on the way back down as well. When you're traveling up the screen, the bonuses move around, as I said, and when you travel about, I think it's about halfway actually, they stop moving, mm. and the bonuses start off at just one and two hundred points. But they will rise to a whopping 4,000 points each later on. But you only get one 4,000 for every four. Mm. And when you get back to the bottom of the screen, you get always get 500 points for reaching the bottom and landing your rocket. The aliens just start off at about 50 to 100 points, but later on, they rise to 500 each. I th- is that kind of random, that? Yeah, they're not all 500. They're not all 50. They're not all 100 or 150. They sort of get one of them will be 500, then one will be 150, and we want to fight. So I don't know what it is, really. I was trying to work it out, yeah, because 500 is a great little bonus to get on the way back down. Yeah. But I couldn't work out. Sometimes you got it, sometimes you just got 150, yeah. Yeah, but on, when you hit the bottom, you always get 500, but the, the aliens yeah. are arbitrary. I don't know what they are. It's a very, very simple game. It's very similar to Lunar Rescue, which you have got so you can fire in, but this one, you just get the fan of death out the front and you just got to hit spaceships out your way. Yeah. But it's a very similar game. You go up and you get something, you dock, and then you come back down again to land. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lunar Rescue, you go and pick a guy up and then go back up to your ship, so it's the opposite way around, really. Very yeah. similar games, but they very they came out almost the same... Well, it was the same year. I'm not sure about the month, but they're very close to each other, so we don't know who copied who or whether it was just a an idea they both sort of had. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Really good little game, but it's very addictive, isn't it? It is good. It's very yeah. addictive. So... It's a very simple game. Uh, we got into it. I've been into it for ages because Alex bought a machine of it and I worked out that you could have a ROM swap with the different Space Fever PCBs. So I got some ROMs burnt. I've been playing it for a long time. Me and Alex have been playing it. You know, He's got actual dedicated machine. I just pop my board in everything because I've got a load of spare boards. I can have all three games whenever I want. Just put them in when I want. And now I've got the proper sound ROM. It's even better. Very, very simple game. We played it at Revival mm. a couple of weeks ago and we all got into it. Almost exactly the same as the... Was it Nerg we were playing at? Or was it another revival where we were playing Space Launcher? Or we were playing... Lunar Rescue, Lunar Rescue yeah. on, an, on Ol's upright machine. Yeah, that was Revival 2014. That's that, right, yeah. yeah. Revival in these games has a sort of history, doesn't it? We were queuing up to play it. We were. That? Everyone was getting yeah. right into it. getting really competitive. And I think... Didn't you get the high score? I'm not sure. Not sure. Because we were on about 13,000 and you got a 15, I think. I think at the actual event, we didn't do very well. And then when we did it as a podcast game, I think I got about 19 or 20. Someone really? Got 20, someone got 22,000. I can't remember who that was. That's a, I bet it was Lezalea or someone. He's like that. Awesome score, that. Yeah, it's really good. Cool. Because the scores aren't that high in that game because the scores remain the same. Mm. But in Space Launcher, they, they do ramp up later on quite a bit. Right, little tips for playing the game. Don't look at the bonuses moving at the top you will get smacked by alien fire. Mm. If you concentrate on there and not look what you're doing, what I tend to do is try not to look up at the scores until they've stopped. Don't try and work out where they're going to land because you, you'll just get killed because you can't concentrate. I do that yeah. all the time. You've got to just 
train your eyes to stay on your rocket until you get to the top. And if, you, if you're going for a big bonus at the top, don't risk losing a life because you only get three lives and you get one extra life at 1,000 points. And you can get that on the first trip. Up and down, you've got more than 1,000 points usually and you get a spare life straight away. So basically, you've got four lives. And that's mm. it. No extras after like 10,000, 20,000, 50,000. So yeah. be careful with your lives. Don't risk getting a 4,000 later on if you can just get a 500 and keep your life because you've always got another chance. But if you lose a life, that's a quarter of your chances gone. So don't do that. Use the stars as shields while traveling up and down the screen. Aliens can't shoot through the middle of the stars. They can shoot through the side, so be careful. Mm. But as I'm coming back down and they're firing loads at you later on when the game gets harder and faster, I use the stars for cover because they can't shoot through the stars. And when there's a lot of stars, they find it very difficult to shoot through them, and I just use them as cover. Mm, it can be hard to dodge as well. You've got to sort of look which way they're scrolling left or right, don't you, to yeah. try and dodge them? Yeah. When you start off, there's, there's one star that travels along the bottom of the screen, which is right above your rocket. And if it's very close to where you start, your game will not start. They won't put your rocket on the screen until that's past your path. Rather yeah. like in Asteroids, when there's loads of rocks going across the middle, they won't put you on the screen to get killed by a rock immediately. They'll give you mm. a few seconds grace. And that's exactly what they do on this game. But sometimes that's your detriment. You want to get going quickly because you've got a path through the stars. And sometimes when you're waiting for this red one at the bottom to go past, the stars will align and get in your way. So mm. it can be a bit of a detriment sometimes. Stay on the, of the side of the aliens as much as possible. Just like when you're playing Space Invaders, try and hit them on the side. Because when they shoot down through the middle, they will hit you with their fire. But if yes. you're on the side, you can dodge it easy. And also, if you're close to them and you, you get sort of hit on the sides, the game sort of slows down a little bit and lets you off. The collision mm. gets a little bit confused and lets you off. Have you had that before? I don't think so. It sort so, of stutters no. a little. They shoot at you and it stutters a little bit and you get away with it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Especially on the faster, when the faster, they shoot faster later on. Mm. So always stay on the side and try, don't try and cross their path, especially on the later levels. Because when, when you get close to them, we will shoot at you. They'll take cheap shots at you as well later on. Mm. They don't let you, you know, say you get within, say, a centimetre of them, they will still shoot at you. They won't let you mm. off, they will shoot at you because they're, yeah. they're evil aliens. Also, when you come in, when you're going up to the top, try and clear out as much left and right because the left aliens, sorry, the, the yellow aliens at the top go from left to right, and the green aliens at the bottom, there's two rows, will go from right to left. Try and clear out ones to make your space near your base at the top as, as big as possible. So as you're coming out, you haven't got to dodge many, you can just hit them. And on the way out, you can get about up to four aliens, one at the top, and then two, th- three of the bottom ones if you're careful and go slow but don't hit yourself on the side of your base as you're coming mm. out because you'll get killed there as well i have got five got five oh well got done two yellow and three green i've done it a few times yeah, the three yeah. greens is easy but getting yeah. two yellow then through is probably quite you've got to go really slow don't press your button because your button speeds you up it's your thrust mm. so also i said about don't sacrifice one of your lives to get four thousand point bonus but try not to miss the four thousand point bonuses later on because mm. You only get one four thousand. I think it's usually like one hundred, three hundred, six hundred, and four thousand when it gets mm. later on. And you've got to try and get the big scores, but don't sacrifice your, your rockets for a score. Just leave it, get it for the next one. Yeah. But obviously, four thousand points a time gets big scores quite quickly. Mm. Yeah. What do points make? The prizes. <laughs> <laughs> so that are my tip. You got any tips for us? What did you find out? I think you know when you're going up and down. If you don't press the thrust, you you move very slowly. Very don't you? slowly, yeah. You crawl up the screen. 
So I try and thrust all the time unless I'm dodging the stars yes, on the way up. absolutely. As soon mm. as I get going, because I want to get on my way, if I see a path quickly through the stars, I'll go for it. But the slower you go, the more chance the aliens have got of shooting you. Right. Yeah. So I try and get up there quickly, knock a few of them out on the way up, get in the base, knock a few on the way out to give me sort of room to get down the screen before they're, they're in my line of fire, and yeah. then use the stars as you cover. Easier said than done, I reckon. Mm. I think I got my high score. I was playing a bit impatiently. I was just going flying up the screen, yeah. not, not concentrating on getting two or three or four of the bad guys, flying back down the screen as quick as I could yeah. to get to the 4,000 bonuses as quick as possible. And that's when I got my highest score, actually. I'm not sure how many levels in internal in inverted brackets you want to call it, but how mm. many screens you've got to do to get to the 4,000. That's about six or eight, do you reckon? I think it's 10 or 11. I've it's tried to count. It's either 10 or 11, yeah. Okay. So a lot of the people who've been playing with this on Twitter have not got very high scores, and they keep saying, oh, I'm not very good at it. No, you just haven't got to that level yet. When you get to that level, your score ramps right up. Yeah. So you've got to keep at it. As soon as you get there. So I think a good idea is to not worry about the bonuses too much in the early levels, because they're only worth like one to six, 100 to 600 points. Yeah. And after mm. that's when you get the big 4,000s. Mm. Um, and you can try and get the, the 500s rather than the 100s, but don't sacrifice anything. Just get up there quick, knock a few aliens out, get back down quick, get yourself to that 10th level, say, and then get mm. your 4,000s. Then sort of be a bit tactical and be a bit careful what you're doing. But mm. when you get the 4,000s, your scores really ramp up. You'll double your score easily. You know, sort yep. of two levels, you'll get double your score. So it's a very simple Invaders-style game, isn't it? It is. You've got it a is. rocket, you've got some little asterisks, which look like stars, Mm-hmm. You sort of limp along funny with funny animation. And you've got some sort of aliens that aren't quite like the Taito aliens, but they're very Nintendo-y. Because mm. Nintendo did that with their Space Fever game, which is very like uh, Space Invaders, but they're sort of little crabs. They look yeah. like funny crabs. So they're very, very simple. They only use, like I think, I think eight colours. They're very primary colours. Black background. How do the colours scroll because it looks like there's an overlay on the screen doesn't it because as your ship goes up it does i think it scrolls through like layers of color i think what it is it's just a uh a color cycling thing there's no because i've got the color version of the game in my space fever machine now yeah and it, it is a proper color monitor it's not black and white with overlays but i believe you can play Space Launcher on a black and white machine because Alex has actually got a Space Fever black and white version. It's a very, yeah. very slightly different PCB. It's got a different video plug on it, obviously because it's just for black and white rather than colour. Yeah. So you've only got like um, video and ground, whereas a black and white, whereas a colour has got red, green, blue, sync and ground. Mm. So this is a very slightly different PCB. But if you put the ROMs on there, you can play Launcher on a black and white, I believe. Mm, and also right. High Splitter, which is another game. Yeah, it's, it looks. I think they've made it to look like a colour overlay. But it only uses the very basic colours. And because it's on a black background, they really pop the colours. I think you've got red, green, yellow, cyan, blue. Cyan, sorry, blue. You might even have six colours, you know. I don't think there's a magenta in there. They're very basic. And when you die, when you get killed, everything goes red. <laughs> everything goes red. Yeah. That's a decent effect. Yeah, I think we should uh, talk about the music. Should we put some, uh, some little samples in here for the music? Shall we do our music outrun style or shall we leave it to the actual I think we should leave it to the samples I'm about to send you. Okay.
But you've got to remember, kids, they're good, they're little beepy sounds, fun little tunes, but this is a 70s game, remember? Mm. There's, there's no AY chips then, I don't think, or it might have been very uh, early in the time, it would cost a fortune. Mm. But they're very odd TTL sounds, and on the actual soundboard, you can change the different sounds as well. You can change the volume of the sounds separately. Right, right. They used to do that on a lot of old soundboards, because you can do it on Space Invaders and all the old Space Invaders hardware. Basically, it is Space Invaders hardware. It's 8080 chips, Intel 8080 chips. Yeah. And also, I quite like the tunes, because they're like quite jolly little beepy tunes. Have you noticed that when you die at the very end, you've got no more credits left in the machine, the sound sounds like the, the old Hovis Bread advert theme tune? Yeah, I am, actually. And yeah. let's play them both together so the listeners can decide. It's actually called New World Symphony by Dvorak. Dvorak? Yes. Is that Vorak or Dvorak? I don't know. Sounds like some alien prince. Yes. Prince Dvorak! All the uh, classical music people are going, you idiots! How dare you? (laughs) Right. Cabinet art. Ah. That's a bit controversial or contentious, this one. Nintendo released a flyer showing an upright machine similar in style and shape to a typical Donkey Kong. The very early ones. Maybe a radar scope. And it's also, there's also known as a, a diamond cocktail cabinet on this flyer, which is quite mm. a tall thing with a weird shape. It's red and white. Mm, I saw that. And I have a feeling that neither were ever released. Mm. If you talk to Nintendo experts like Alex, he's got a feeling that it was released, but nobody, and I f- mean nobody, has ever seen one. We've never seen one in the wild. And if you look very carefully and blow up the flyer, which is on our website as a link, you can see that the flyer and the machines in the flyer are painted. They're not actual photographs. They're painted machines. Mm. So I don't believe an upright or the diamond cocktail was ever released. What I do know for a fact is the Nintendo generic cocktail, which was the sort of brown-sided metal machine with the cream-colored tabletop, was released because Alex has got one. And yeah, I've got it, yeah. a Space Fever version of it, which is exactly the same cabinet with a different, some different stickers on the top and on the sides. Because the, um, the Space Fever and the Space Launcher control panel is different. Because the Space Fever has got three start buttons. Because you've got one, two, and three different games. Whereas yep. Space Launcher is just one single game. So you haven't got those buttons on it. But it's the same control panel. different, Slightly different art. So we know that a proper cocktail was released. We do not know this diamond or an upright was ever released. And Alex would cut off probably one of his testicles yes. to pay for an upright machine. Because he would love to have an upright in his collection next to his sheriff. That would be awesome. Mm. So we'll just call him One Ball Alex from now on when he gets yeah. one of them. But Alex has got a Sheriff cocktail cabinet, which is a very tall, like a diamond cocktail cabinet, but it's actually, it looks, I think it's a Sega one that he used for a promotion. It's original because it's all original parts inside and it's numbered, but we're still not sure of the origins of it. We'd love to know. So if anyone knows about early Nintendo stuff, get onto me or Alex and yeah, mm. it'd be quite good. But Alex's official space launcher is quite a lot rarer because that's the only one I've seen where I've seen loads of space fevers. He's got a black and white one. I've got a colour one. I think Space Firebird came in a very similar cabinet as well, slightly different. And there's loads of them about. I've got about four or five of the bodies of them in my, in my shed waiting to be put together to make cocktails. I've got loads of them because me and Alex bought loads of them when they were out. Yeah. So I think the UK got a lot of these cabinets in cocktail form. Mm, and, yeah. in, and in Japan, Japanese arcades, in the early arcades, it was it was all the sort of social thing to sit around with a drink and play on a table. 
So I'm yeah. not sure they even had that many uprights themselves, to be honest with you. A mm. lot of games were released just on cocktails. Maybe lot, it never did exist. You don't know, yeah, do you? Yeah, a lot of the Taito TT games, the early games, were released on cocktail as well. Titotronics? Yes. Or Titronics, was it? Yeah, I think so. Titronics. So, port sequels, spin-offs, and legacy. None, none at all. None. The nearest game to this is Lunar Rescue, and we covered that way back on podcast number 36. So if you're interested in that, go back and listen to it. It would have been easy to do port of this, because it's such a simple game. I'd like to see this on a Vectrex. Mm. It would work. I mean, I mean, any old console, really. I mean, if you want to do it on, on NES or whatever, please, all the boffin programmers out there, can you please make a version for us? It would be a great little game to convert. Mm. I don't remember ever having it on a, on a computer, but I've got vague recollections of having a game similar to it on a VIC-20. Right. It was possible. There was loads of clones of games on the old computers, and you know everyone's forgotten about them now because they, they probably weren't that famous or that expensive and that hard to find. But I, I would have, I would have thought a simple game like this would have been released on on an old home computer or console back in the day. Mm. But as far could as research, be. couldn't find anything. Right then, shall we go on to the st- scores, old son? Yes, right. The scores on the doors. Yes. We have had more players this time than ever before, so it proves how popular this game is. Absolutely. You pick up, pick up and play it, then you can't stop playing. That's what's happened to me. I got quite addicted to it. Yeah, me too. And Love I've it. played I've played it so much I've had enough of it now for a few weeks to be honest. Oh I'm gonna play it more. It really I've, I've played it I've played it so much, but you wouldn't think so by these scores. In last place is Vip, he's just had a very quick go. Ben. Oh he's, he didn't have any time on it at all, really. No, ten thousand three hundred. Excellent. Next is Haley, who was giving birth at the time, but she got twelve <laughs> twelve thousand one hundred. Yeah, thing with Haley, I think we had a tweet from her saying she was getting quite a low score, like the 2000s. I said, oh, just keep playing, keep playing. When you get the higher scores, and she did. So well done to her for keeping going and getting a better score. Yep. Andrew Driver, 13,000. Mm-hmm. Stephen Baker, 13,900. Yep. Tin, brother of bronze, daughter of gold. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 26,000. Ed Horse, 31,550, getting into the good scores now. Not bad for a horse. Yeah. How does, how does he play it? His, his hooves. His hooves would smash that controller to smithereens. He's not like. playing on mine. No. Neil, 1637, 39,200. Good score, sir. Getting, getting good scores now. Ian Cullen, 49,250. Yep. And then in fifth place, we have me, 55,350. Still which a I, good score. I thought it was all right, yeah, because I only got 32 at Revival, so I've improved. It's a good improvement, yeah. But yeah, yeah, not as good as Mad Steve. You no. got fifty-seven thousand four hundred. Pipped you, sir. Pipped you indeed. Now we're into expert class now. Lesale, oh, yes. sixty-three thousand and fifty. Has Lesale got a bad score on anything? <laughs> I don't he's, think he's, he has. He's done has really it? well or beaten us on a lot of games. He is good. Maybe we should good. ban him. Yeah, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Richard Rumsey, who is Haley's partner. Yep. So he's he's a good player as well, because he's only just started playing. 68,600. That's a good score. And in first place, we're not uh, talking about Alex's score, because he got 95,850. Yeah, smashed the world record, yeah, he did. Two weeks ago, so this is just our scores, because that's too high for us. Yeah. So in first place is you, sir, with a score oh. of... Oh. 79,750. 79, what a score. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got this. 
Hey everyone, this is Whitney and Brent from the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. We have a very special shout out to our friends at the 10 Pins Podcast. That's right, Whitney. We want to take a minute to let Sean and Vic know how much we really enjoy whoa, whoa, their show. Whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, Brent. That's not why we're here. <laughs> it's not? No, no, no. Uh, oh, okay, okay, I got it, I got it. Sean and Vic, Whitney and I would love to recommend a game for y'all to play in an upcoming <laughs> show. Have you all ever... Brent, hold, hold on, man. You still got it wrong. Seriously, dude, that's not right? No, dude, you even read the notes? Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, okay. Uh, oh, that! Finally, yes, that. Oh, sure, that's no problem. In your face, Sean Holly! <laughs> uh, fair enough. Excellent. I've been sitting on that for months. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had that for months. I'm going to use it because I'm beating you on anything. But in your face, Sean Holly! <laughs> <laughs> Go get him, sheep. Uh, I am so pleased with that score. I'm really happy about that. The thing is, right, I did 78,000 earlier on, and I thought, oh, this has got to be, you know, I was doing really well. Oh, this has got to be a, a fluke, you know, but I'll have a fluke. I'll take a fluke to win. I'll take a fluke. And last night, I thought to myself, I have actually officially beat the world record there, as Alex did, because I think the official was only on MAME, and it was like 74,000. Yeah. So Alex beat it first, and he's still like the top, for me, the top score holder, because I saw him do it live, yeah. and I videoed the last few minutes of him playing. But while I was playing, I thought to myself, I can get the world record here. I can probably beat that 98,000. I still, oh, Sorry, 95,000. I still haven't beaten it yet, but I've been videoing my progress. Every time I played, I've got a tripod next to the machine with a video camera on, and I play, I show the inside of the machine, put some credits in, close the lid, and put, set it up so you can, people can watch me playing. I just keep playing until I get a good score. I actually videoed last night me getting 79,750. I put it on YouTube. So if anyone wants to watch it, they can. But you, it's, if you spin on to the f- 3 minutes 45 seconds, the first game I have is a load of rubbish, like 11,000. I just failed. And then you can watch me do the 79,750. Wow. But I was looking... I talked about this earlier... I was looking on Twin Galaxies, and the way you, I believe, you've got to put in a, a world record now is if you want to sort of send them a video, what you've got to do is you've got to sign up, and you've got to get yourself three points before you can send a video in. I was like, what? And what you've got to do is you've got to be an adjudicator for other people's games. So what you do is they'll send you a video, you look at the video, you watch it, and say, yeah, that looks fair, that looks kosher. It's all legit, and you get a point for adjudicating. And when you've got three adjudication points, then you can send one of yours in. So you've got to help them out to be adjudicated. Yeah, and I thought that's a bit of a faff. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, but I want to try, before I send any videos off to maybe to Orcade or Twin Galaxies, yeah. I want to beat 100,000. I want to roll the score, because I believe the score rolls at 100,000. It's only got five digits on the scoreboard. Yeah. And I was really wanting Alex to do it, but he didn't quite make it when he when he got his ninety five thousand, which was a bummer. But if I get over a hundred thousand, I want to beat Alex for a start because I know he's good at the game, and I think there'll be a bit of rivalry with him and me. I think he'll sort of beat me, and I'll beat him, and he'll beat me back. Hopefully, we'll do that because I like a bit of competition, and I know he's good at it. I'm going to wait until I get hundred k, then I'll send a video off. I think, but I'm going to video every time I play it. And what John Studley told me, who is a world record holder, who does a lot of video in his games, is. You put the video on, you show them the inside of the machine so there's no you know, messing around going on and skullduggery, and then you, you, set the mach- you set the video camera and just leave it running. 
So if you yeah. fail on the first, say, three goes, and then do your, your, your world record on the fourth go, and then turn the machine off and stop it and everything, you can send your video off and just say, right, watch the first five minutes to show, you know, I'm not cheating, is, you know, the machine's all kosher and legit, and then spin on to, like, say, 35 minutes and 10 seconds, and then watch from then on. And then they can just, you know, they won't be wasting their time watching a load of rubbish games before you get the good one. So apparently that's how you do it. You don't keep stopping and redoing the bit at the start and redoing it. You just keep it running, which seems sort of a good idea. Yeah. So hopefully I will get the world record before long. And I need to video Waff playing Mr. Driller again so she can get her world record. She beat yeah. that easily. I think she'd do it. she did it a few times. So hopefully she'll video her doing that as well, which would be cool. Oh, that's good. Mr. and Mrs. World Record Holders. Hooray! Well, congratulations to you and congratulations to Alex for two incredible scores. Yes. Enjoy it. And I'm just going to keep playing it as well. Mm. Love it. So what are your overall thoughts, Vic, on this game? I used... Um, well, before I go into what I used, I love the game. I really like it because I can play it mm. on my little cocktail and it gives me an excuse to take the cover off of it and all the rubbish I've usually got on top of it. Because with cocktail cabinets, what you do is when you don't use them, is you use them to pile junk on. That is a yeah. fact. That is their official use, junk piling. And I've got a little cover on it because it's a really nice restored machine. It's absolutely mint, my machine. I did it from scratch. It's been powder coat painted, properly restored, new glass. So I don't ever want anything on top of it that's going to scratch it. So I put a nice sort of tablecloth on the top of it and then pile all my rubbish on top. Yeah. That's how it works. But what this has done is made me clean up the games room, the Toby room I'm in now, and get the thing out to play it. Yeah. And there's one or two little restoration things I didn't quite finish off. I made Alex a little button for a credit button that goes over the, um, the coin switch. Yeah. A really neat version of it. So you just press a button rather than you know putting coins in. So I have to reach into the machine and press the micro switch to put credits in the machine because there's no free play option. Mm. and what I did for him I'm going to do for myself I never managed to do one for myself I've got to make a little plate up with a button in the middle just joined to the, the coin controls and also the overlays on mine have got a perspex top on top of them to, to protect them which is what yeah. I made and they're only paper overlays they're not very good and I had I think Alex did them I can't remember now but Alex got a load of sets made up on proper thick vinyl and yeah. I've got to put them on there and I've had them for like about two years probably. I've been that useless. I'm not bothered to put them on there. And I want to put them on and finish it off completely, finish it off. Mm. But I've been playing it, and I like playing the cocktail. It's a really nice little machine to play. Especially because the controls on the cocktail are really mechanical, like really heavyweight springs in there, and you can feel them clunking around. Let me have a clunk for you. You might be able to hear it. They're almost like industrial. They're Japanese-made <laughs> yeah. parts. They're Japanese. It's a really well, well-constructed metal thing. So I've been playing it a lot. It's, it's given me excuse to play it. And I used to have Space Fever High Splitter in there, which is a better version of High Splitter of Space Fever. Yeah. And I used to play that quite a lot anyway. But now I've got that in there. I love Launcher. I'm going to play it more. Mm. I might leave it in there for a bit, actually, and just play it. So, so it could be just a matter of time before you beat Alex. I hope so, yeah. And then mm. hopefully he'll have the gumption to come back and beat me. We'll have a bit of a rivalry going. I like that. Because mm, yeah. when, when Alex first got his Donkey Kong years ago, he stored it in my house. He, he was getting his games room made. And I used to play it a lot, his junior. And he used to come around. We used to play. And he'd come around and go, I'll beat your score again. Oh, you swine. And, well, more harsher words than that usually from Alex. But he used to, oh, and then he'd, he'd have a go. And he beat me. And then we'd beat each other. And we'd, we'd learn and then in the end, I think Alex still, from me and him, has the high score on Junior. 
He's yeah. at about 200,000, with mine's 150,000, but I've got the slightly higher score on Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> so we've, we've had this little thing, and he's been trying to reach my Donkey Kong score, and I've been trying to reach his junior score, which is good, friendly sort of rivalry, which I like yeah. in games. That's what games are all about. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it has given me an excuse to play more, and I really like it. It's such mm. a simple little game, but it's very addictive. It's one of the very few games, I think, where all the graphics and all the gameplay is on the first screen. There's nothing added. You don't get any... There's no motherships that turn up. There's no nope. comets that turn up, like in Lunar Rescue. Yeah, the, the comets in Lunar Rescue are a, a sod. I don't like them mm. at all. I do actually prefer... It's rekindled my love for Lunar Rescue, this game, yeah. actually. Lunar Rescue is a top-class game as well, though. Yeah, I like it better, I think, because of the bullets, because you can fire in Lunar Rescue, which yeah. I love. Yeah. But it is a very good game. I've played it so much, I'm going to have to leave it for a bit, because I've got bored of it. But yeah. I will definitely come back to it and try and get a higher score. I'd really like to see an upright machine of this. I don't believe it exists, mm. but I would like to see one if it ever did. Mm. But also, as well as doing this, I did a bit of research, and there's a, a really cool um, blog called Before Mario. Mm, it's yeah. got a lot of early Nintendo stuff from like the early toys to the very early video games just before I think Donkey Kong then they, they stop at Donkey Kong it's an excellent website full of interesting facts about old school Nintendo stuff which I really really like so I'll put a little note in the show notes for that so people can have a click on there and have a look it's brilliant yep. but I think Alex is the one that got me into this because he was the one who first got a space fever black and white and I sort of went around his house years ago when he got it I went, oh, what's this? Because it's an Invaders clone. I thought, and I started playing it, and I like it more, more than Taito Invaders. Can you believe yeah, that? Yeah. And I love, because Space Invaders was the first arcade game I ever played. Me too. And I like Space Fever better. Because it's got little funny quirks, so that the aliens are funny shaped, and it's got the three different games on it as well, and I like it more. So Alex is the one, and he got the launcher later on. And we never even heard of it. And I said, oh, this is like you know, Lunar Rescue, which I knew about, because I had a Lunar Rescue board years ago. So... I like it for many reasons. It's got me into other little things, and I've been to it for a few years. And I really like it. Really like it. Very fond of it. Have you still got the Lunar Rescue board? I haven't, actually. I mm. gave it to Davo, which he unceremoniously turned it into a flipping Space Invaders 2. <laughs> I think you can just whip it back, though. It's just ROM swap. Mm. But I wasn't using it, but um, yeah. I would like to have put it in one of my um, Cosmic Aliens. Mm. So uh, yeah, that'd go well actually with a lever and that, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the moral of the story is don't give anything to Davo. <laughs> Damn it! He loves his space invaders, though, doesn't he? He does. He's very good at it as well. Yeah, yeah. Right then, I think that's that's that well and truly done and dusted and out of the way. Yeah, a good game this week, and thank you for all them players. So many players, yes, thirteen. Thanks for playing on with us. It gave 13. us, and it gives me even more pleasure about beating all of you. Yes. <laughs> In everyone's faces. Uh, come on, I don't get to do it very often. I've got to revel in it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much for playing. Okay, uh, let's get towards the end. Let's do our usual thing of art of side art. Mm. This is a good one. I've chosen it this time. Oh, it's a very good one. It is Sega or Sega Space Tactics from 1980. The Sega, co- Sega, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Tato? No. Taito. Taito. The cocktail version. No, it's not. The, it's cockpit. the cockpit version. The cockpit version. Go on, Vic, explain it, because you're good at explaining side right. art. I'll a just co- say, oh, it's blue and colourful. It, a cockpit. A cocktail is a table you sit at. A cockpit <laughs> is a machine you sit inside of, like a cockpit of an aircraft. Yes. And it's like a 
the, the famous ones are Pole Position and uh, Star Wars. Mm. You actually get your fat little bottom in it. I can hardly get my knees in them nowadays because they were designed for kids, I believe. You get in this Sega machine and it's like got a little seat, a little sort of bench seat at the back. And there's a little sort of hole in the side of it, a little shaped aperture in the side, both sides. You can get in and out of it from either side. And it's like a sort of thing all built around you. And you have the machine in front of you, obviously, with all the buttons and the screen and everything. I believe you have usually speakers behind your head. I know Star Wars has got speakers behind you, and it's all in stereo as well. It's really good. Yeah. And it sort of it, it immerses you in the machine. Oh, the, the, other, the other famous one is the envi- environmental tr- uh, discs of Tron. That's yes. a famous one. It sort of in, engulfs you in the machine. Lovely. And this one on the outside of it, where the machine is sort of like um, sort of rounded at the back and square to the right-hand side with a sort of radius edge, they've made it, they've painted on the side like a, um, a space capsule. You know the one that drops out of the sky and lands in the sea and it gets all hot and burns up? Yeah. And like a space capsule. They've made it look like that and it's really clever use of perspective. And it's sort of red, white and blue with some yellow writing on the side. It's got Sega logo with sort of some stars in the background. It's a really beautiful machine. I can't really explain it any more than that. But what the listeners should do, and I think you have already, and I have, is go on the Facebook page, which is... Silver Coin Arcade Silver page. Coin Arcade page. And yeah. these people, or if it's just one person, get some really cool, rare machines in really, really good condition. And it, it is a, an absolute joy going on that Facebook page and looking at mm. some of the machines that this, these people get. And it's on there. It's a very rare machine. And if you play the game in MAME, it sucks really badly. It's awful. It's not emulated properly. And if you go on this web, if you go on the Facebook page, there's about about 10 pictures of it. I strongly urge you to go and look at the pictures because it shows you the inside and the front of the machine. And the front of the machine's got actual buttons on the the sort of dashboard, which you use. And it's got a sort of a big flight stick as well with buttons on it. Mm, So there's lots of different buttons. I've never played the game properly because you can't play it properly in MAME. But it uses a reflected black and white screen onto a backdrop, which is all sort of lit up with black lights as well. And it's got a backdrop as well. Sort yeah. of like the old, old school Space Invaders or Asteroids Deluxe. And it looks amazing on a real machine. And obviously you've got all the proper controls. You've probably got the proper TTL sounds. and all. It's an old game. And don't, just don't look at it on MAME. It will ruin it for you. Go on this, this Facebook page and have a look there. And it looks really really cool i'd like to play one of these in real life mm. i don't think i'll get to see one because it's a very 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 rare machine i may find an upright but i don't think i'll find a cockpit but you found a really good one here mate it looks really really cool it looks like you're in a spaceship doesn't it there's yeah yeah there's buttons like a, and lights and yeah it looks really good because what they because it was quite a simple game i believe i think sort of invaders come towards you out of perspective out of the, the background and you've got mm. to shoot them and you've got different kind of rocket bases and stuff yeah, that's why you use your tactics, and the, the name implies. And I think on that machine, you'd have little effects like light effects and, and backdrops and stuff to, to immerse you in the game, rather than just a very simple black and white graphics. And I think there's overlays on the screen as well because Mame emulates those with color. So I believe yep. it's a it's a, um, a backdrop game as well. Mm, looks really good. It looks really good. Really good. Honestly, everyone, go and have a look on Facebook. It's cool. Silver Coin Arcade. Great to play. I bet. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks for that, Vic. You're good at explaining them, you know. I just can't do it. I'll just, I'm good with words, me. It looks really nice. You can sit in it and shoot stuff. That's it. Right, releases from this month in history. We're going back 10 years to December 2005. The no first... way. Yeah, 10 years. Wow, is it 10 years ago? 
10 years. Uh-huh. The first Mario Kart arcade game, Mario Kart Arcade GP. Wow. I'm not sure whether there's three or four of these now, maybe four. Cause there's there one, really? There's one coming out. Yeah, they did Arcade GP2. Yeah, arcade, I know that one. Arcade DX. Oh. I, I think there's Arcade GP DX. I think there's four. I'm not sure. Wow. Do you know what? I, I always class Mario Kart as a new game in the arcade. Mm. But it's 10 years old. It is. And there's four it? of them. Count them, four yeah. of them. Yes, four or wow. three. Surprise. 20 years, December 1995, Midnight Run, which is subtitled Road Fighter 2. Now, I know you're not into Road Fighter. It's an over, overhead racing game. Yeah. This is a three, 3D polygonal, polygonal, flagellating polygonal game. Yeah, that's the one you got there in the end. Yeah. But, uh, I love Road Fighter, but Midnight Run looks a decent game. I've tried playing it on MAME. It's a bit, a bit flaky on MAME. Oh, okay, yeah. It reminds me of Ridge Racer. Oh, okay. Ridge Racer. That's a good thing. That's a good mm. thing. December 1985, 30 years, Section Z, Section Z. Yeah. From the mighty Capcom. Is that the one where you're a little guy flying around and, like, sort of drop zone and you can turn around and fire, though? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, I know that game. And the sequel is Sidearms. It's actually Sidearms oh, okay. is like an official sequel to it. They are this. very similar games. I always get them mixed mm. up. That's, it's like Vigilante and Vendetta. Mm. Section Z and that other one you just said. Sidearms. That's yeah. the one. That's why Go. I get a mix up because I can never remember the names of them. Yeah. I was, I was. I'm getting old. I'm getting old, mate. I am. I am. No, you are old. I'm getting old. No, there's only like four years between us, isn't there? Is it four? Three? Fourteen. Fourteen? No, no, I'm not that young. <laughs> 1975. I couldn't find a game released in December 75. Oh, well, nearly then. A video, sorry. So I found a pinball. Spirit of 76. Hold on a minute. Mm. Something up here. Yeah. Released in seventy five, spirit of seventy six. Mm. They're ahead of the head of the game. They are. It's a very patriotic looking game, red, white, and blue on the sides. Yeah. And the actual back glass has got Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett. An astronaut. King astronaut. Of the frontier. <laughs> and a man in a ten gallon hat. A rock band. That, that's what they think 1976 will be, I think. It probably was all like that, you know? Yeah. In 76. I was three, so I can't remember. Yeah, I was six. So, yeah, three years between us. I've worked it out using my math skills there. Well done. <laughs> yes. And that's it. So some good games there. Indeed. Right, next show's game, and who picked it? I it's have you, picked- son. Yes, I have picked next show's game, and I thought I'd mix it up a bit this time. Yeah, this is not one of my favourite genres, but I'm going to go with it, and I'm going to try and f- get into it and see how I feel about it. Okay, the the brawler, left to right brawler games. Go right and have a fight. Yes, and I'm going to pick the most famous one, Final Fight. It was the final one. Well, it should have been, but it was the first game of a very long running series. <laughs> yeah, they had Final Fight, and oh no, that's it. Yeah, so it was the final fight. No, there's the final fight too on the SNES, oh. I believe. Oh, or right. final final fight. Honest, Gov. It's really the last final one. fight. That is an interesting pick because I like final fight, but I had the original board once. It was given to me in a, in a machine that was given, and I played it through, finished it, and then didn't want to play it again. Mm. And I much prefer. It's going to shock people. They won't like it. Streets of Rage on the Mega Drive. I think they're similar games, aren't they? Very similar. I'm not sure which came first, but I mean, Streets of Rage is just more polished. The music in it's amazing, and I love some mm. of the moves. But Final Fight is cool. It's a yeah. good. It's a good. It's one of the best. Go right, have a fight games. 
Yep, so we're going to play on the Twin Galaxies recommended settings, which is two lives. Yep. Difficulty one and two, it's got two difficulty settings for some reason. Both of those set to normal. Yep. No continues. Of course. And the ROM, if you use world set one. Okay. How many points can you rack up with one of the three guys that you choose at the beginning? Yeah, are you allowed to choose any of the guys? Yep, any guy. Always Mayor Hagger. Because he's, he's a big beefy bugger, isn't he? He's got a big beard as well. Has he? Oh, I'll pick him. I know what, the, I know what that show's um, picture's going to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me with a big beer belly punching you. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Okay, then. Final fight it is. Get to mm. it, the listeners. Oh, one last little thing before we go, or maybe one of two things before we go. Your fantasy cab list. You're getting rid of Wonderboy and R-Type Leo. Yes. Out of the, the arcade that lives in your mind. Yes, and I'm putting in Volgus because I love it again. Yeah. And Lunar Rescue of because course. I've gone back to playing it. Why wouldn't you want those launch. in there? I love Lunar and What's Rescue. this other little thing you put on the bottom? This is quite interesting. Oh, well, that was a fantasy cab list. I, I thought, what would I build if I could build any cab that wasn't... Oh, I've got one as uh, well. ...an arcade ooh, game. Ooh, ooh. And I would build a Vectrex arcade cab. Now you're talking. Tell me about it. What would you do? I've had a think, which is not like me thinking. 20-inch vertical monitor. Oh, yeah. A stick with four buttons on a control panel with a reset with a reset, and the volume and the power on the same switch. You know, you, you switch the Vectrex on and then turn it for the volume, don't you? Yes, yeah. You have a cartridge input just either on the control panel or below it, out of the way anyway. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. So what? I'm not sure what side art to put on and the marquee and the bezel. Lines and lines and lines. <laughs> yeah. And the bezels, maybe we could swap them out with different colours for the, like a big Mindstorm bezel and you a know, big scramble You bezel. know, this is a, a fantasy list. You yes. do realise you can do anything in a fantasy. You can have a colour vector. Oof! Ooh. Oh, missy. Just made a little yeah. naughty sex noise. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, speak- about a colour vector. Yeah. <gasps> Playing Vectrex games in colour. Oh, yeah. my Lord. I want one as well. Can you make two, please? Oh, okay. yes. A few months ago, I was speaking to Craig Turner of Revival Events, and he said there was an actual 20-inch or a larger Vectrex vector game made. Yeah, I saw, made. I saw YouTube of this, mm. and the guy had done it, and the games were playing on it, but the actual vectors weren't aligned properly you needed to do something with the monitor which needed right. tweaking but it was all working i think on a green screen on a green right. screen looked really cool i've also seen before someone's had a vectrex they put it inside a cabinet and what they've done a bit of a cheat is they've vid- they've had a video camera in the machine video in the vectrex screen and outputting onto a bigger screen above ah very clever which doesn't quite work as a vector but you're watching a vector still on a raster mm. screen, which is interesting. But I, I'm, I'm sure someone could output a Vectrex to a, a proper, even a black and white, say an Asteroids monitor, a 19-inch monitor. Mm. That would be brilliant. But what you'd need as well, on my one, please, can I have interchangeable panels so I can play Mindstorm how it should be played with, on, in the, uh, the Asteroids control method? Oh, yeah, that would be good. Yeah, and you could play different games, have a steering wheel for pole position and a joystick for uh, scramble, all that sort of business. Let's build it. Let's do it. Mm. This this one actually existed. Craig said that the power ran through the cartridge, and it was at an event somewhere. And somebody pulled the cartridge out, shorting it all, oh, and frying the board, fried it all. Oh, how annoying! Yeah, should have glued it in. 
Yeah. Bummer. Right, okay then, mate. That's it. Yes, thank you for listening, everybody. It's been a wonderful experience. <laughs> Indeed. It it's been a wonderful experience me winning, actually. Apart from that bit, yeah. The rest of it's been very good. So, just before we go, I'm going to be in the Moirica when Sean records the podcast next time. And because of the time differences, it's going to be very, very difficult for us to record it. And also, I might get a chance to play Final Fight, but only have a chance at an arcade. So yeah. what's going to happen next show is Sean's going to replace me. Who are you going to replace me with? Not sure yet. I'll let you know. I'm hoping the Maximum Power-Up guys will be up for it. Oh, they'll be good at that because they, they've obviously played um, Final Fight on the SNES before. Mm. Yeah. So you won't hear me next time, but I will get a score in if I can. Okay. And I'll be busy recording stuff from America for the show afterwards in the new year. So if you don't hear from me before Christmas, listeners, happy Christmas. Hope you have a good one in the new year. And I'll talk to you on the flip side. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 